Covino and Rich. Every second of your show is pure greatness. So how do they select a best of the week? What do you want to do? I don't know. Whatever you want to do. What do you want to do? I don't know. Whatever you want to do. What do you want to do? I don't know. Whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter to me. What do you want to do? Whatever's the best. I think it's all good. What about that conversation about butt cheek size? Which one? The one from Tuesday? We had like three of them. How about we just like shoot for it? Can we flip a coin, Spot? Covino and Rich's best of the week. You're not going to put Rich talking about The Bachelor on there, right, Spot? Don't do that. Please don't do that. Only on Faction Talk 103. We don't want to waste any more time because we made him wait before, which is Rich's power move, by the way, oh, Joel. So, yeah. I just want you to know I, that. I was Make? catching up on a lot of <laughs> yeah. social media guy. tweets. Oh, uh, you were busy drinking tea and doing his thing. Let's welcome back. He's like back. <laughs> busy huh? drinking tea. Well, it's great uh, to be back. Yeah, we, we had you on in New York, I believe. Oh, no, we had right? him here. Like, it was, was the, it one of the first get, when we first moved out here. Wait, was he our first West Coast guest? Uh, one of them. No. I think that here? was Tony Randall. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Wait, then, Spot, who's our first West Coast guest? It wasn't uh, me. It, was, wasn't, it wasn't, I don't no. even know. Daniel Tosh, well, just say it. <laughs> Daniel Tosh, I love Daniel Tosh. Let's welcome back Joe McHale. It's great to be back. Joe McHale. Joe McHale. <laughs> Hey, yeah, good, good thank to see you, you man. Good it's, to see you. Thank you for having uh, me. Well, actually, it's not, I'll be honest. It's not that great because in my mind, I'm like 6'3", but I'm really not until I, <laughs> when I see you. and I'm like, How tall are you? I'm like 5'11 with you, fucking high shoes on. No, you, I, I love with to- uh, increasing shoes? Uh, small people live longer. Oh, oh thanks, thanks Joel. It's like Andre the Giant, long you're, gone. You're, yeah. you're such a big dude, though. You know, and it's you're like unassuming. Like, I don't when I see you on TV, oh, right? Thank you. I, I, I'm like, I know you're a handsome guy and everything, but then when I meet you in real life, like fuck, he's tall. He's a big guy. You're a big guy. Well, you know, I, I didn't realize it until I'm watching your new show. Right, Joel how much show, I with, look like Skeletor with, with Joel McHale. Yeah. No, uh, J- Jason Priestley comes out. And I'm like, this guy looks like Tyrion <laughs> from Game of Thrones. I'm like, he's yeah. a, he looked like a little fella. Well, did you see Kristen Bell? I'm um, Kristen Bell was on last week. Yeah, and and yes, I look like her, like her dad, right? Or like some uncle from Norway. Well, no, not dad. I mean, you look great. Why? Well, you, you're, you. Why are you pulling the old guy? Because card? I'm old now. No, you're not. Uh, I'm much I'm, older than no, you guys. No, because I hate saying you no, guys are what you in your late forties. You got me by four years. No, yeah. really? You look yeah. terrific. Thanks, man. Uh, I appreciate it. No, I yes, I very large. My wife is also tiny. So, really? Uh, it looks yeah. Sometimes. Were you the athlete? I know you played football in, in college, right? I think we Thank talked you. about that. Thank you. Yeah, but Thank were you, you any good? Like, no. do you still got game? And uh, do I still play football? Do you do? do you play yeah, basketball? I still like put the pads on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> do, just have a um, you know so a mid forties league. Everyone <laughs> still plays tackle football these days. That's the dumbest question. That's not what I said. He of fucking said it. He said that. Well, no, I, I, no. Well, I have aches and pains. We talk about how I have aches and pains on my shoulders from playing softball. Like I, 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 I just think as we get older, no. the aches and pains You're, just don't go now, away. Are you on the diet? I heard you guys bear, no, talking he, about. He is on this intermittent fasting. Can you tell? I've I mean, been doing the same thing for two years. And how are we feeling about it? Because you look good. Why, thank you. Uh, I love it because I can't believe we're talking. I learned it uh, from a documentary on the BBC. Okay. Where my friend's on it, and he just sent me the documentary. He goes, just watch the documentary, you'll see. And so anyway, uh, there's all these horrible diets. You know, diets were like, well, if you just stay, just never eat a single uh, piece of bread for the rest of your life, you'll be fine. I'm like, I can't do that. But Mm -mm. just not doing it is just is great. Anyway, that said, aches and pains from playing softball (laughs) – you, if you played softball every day, then you wouldn't have aches and pains because mm-hmm. you'd be in more softball shape. That is true. As opposed to once every two weeks, and then you're like, oh, I, oh yeah, what happened? And you don't slide into second base every day. So that I, 
See, you're a young. I think people uh, start giving up. When did you change your mentality on that? Where you started to own and accept, like, ah, fuck it, I'm getting old now. Uh, Is that 45? I just don't ever want to be. Yeah, I guess 45. I don't ever want to be the creepy, weird old dude. Yeah, who's trying to still be 32. So what you're trying to say is take my earrings out? Yes. (laughs) Not necessarily. Yeah, just don't be one of those guys that when they people look at you they go oh yeah still, still yeah. chasing it huh i know do you accept the gray in the beard do you, you roll gotta that? do all really? that it makes you it makes you look way cooler I know, as long as you don't see, as care. long as you meet it. the age that you're at and not try to mm-hmm. Yeah, but you, but and, you still fight it though. You're doing the dieting and you go to the gym. Clearly, you're but hitting that, the gym. That doesn't right? necessarily make you look young. It just uh, makes you look you good for your age. It, make, it makes you go, it. like, all right. So he could do a uh, prescription drug ad in a few years. Okay, there yeah. you go. I can see Rich <laughs> doing that. Yeah. Now I, uh, I watched your show. I watched both episodes. Thank last, you. Last, last night. Did and you watch both? Ne- no, Netflix. I'm, but I'm, I'm, we, we can blame who? Blame I who? I am going to blame The Walking Dead because the last episode sucked ass. And I don't know asleep. if you saw. It. I fell you, asleep. You fell asleep. <laughs> I fell asleep, man. I was trying to catch up on TV. I was going to watch your show again. It's mm. Joel McHale's show with Joel McHale featuring Joel McHale. It's a lot like The Walking written Dead. Written by uh, Joel McHale. <laughs> so I watched watched The Walking Dead. It was really, and I'm a fan, so I could say this. You know, I I, I love the show, but it was so boring, man. That's I, the I one passed where out. The kid. Uh, yeah. Spoilers. Yep. Yeah. Spoilers. Coral and yeah. the whole deal. And I and I was like, I totally passed out. But dude, I was a big fan of the soup. So I God it's very you. similar. So yeah, right, dude. Oh, I, I saw twelve yeah. seasons of that. Well, so. it's on Netflix. Right. But she means curse <laughs> you. Which I love how you use the every Netflix time. the Netflix sounder every time he says Netflix. I'm like, ah, oh, that's very that's very Joel McHale of Joel McHale. We Wow, yeah. thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, we want to promote Netflix as much as we can while I we're I thought on it was funny. It. He goes through uh he does a little, you know, like a a pre-tape, like a, a, yeah, a skit of sorts, and you go through with the you know other people from Netflix shows. From I thought that shows, was yeah. that was well done. It's a great show, man. God bless you. Yeah. So every time we say Netflix, we yeah. hit the the little. Uh, let me get that again. Which is a magical dun, dun. feeling because I still come from the place of where sometimes it didn't work, and now it works all the time. Remember, we used to load and yeah, yeah. Remember that they issue? figured it out. They figured it out. It's fantastic. It changed our life. But can we backtrack a little bit though before we talk about the new show? Yes. Where do you want to go? I, no, I just want <laughs> I want to talk about the soup again. What? Uh, like 700 episodes so yes right yeah well, what happened years. because i still remember up until the very end like you were bringing it dude that that show was really funny so did it just well come there to was a point like what uh, happened there was a uh, the administration yeah uh, a lot of things changed at E. everything changed and what uh, they didn't vibe with you well for there was a really good comedy brand at e for a while with between me and chelsea and joan yeah, uh, yeah, and then very sadly, Joan died, and uh, and then Chelsea left for Netflix, and we were the lone uh, the lone survivor left. And so the other thing that happened, which is E, makes all their money by repeating shows endlessly, constantly. They, yeah. With the Kardashians, they pay them one fee, and they can repeat oh. it forever. It, it, then when all that comedy was there. Because it was a non-union uh, network, uh, they the WGA, the Writers Guild, came down and said, "Hey, this, these are all writers. You need to pay everybody accordingly." And we, and of course, writers and everyone rejoiced, and uh, so everyone became uh, union. And then those two shows left. We were left. And when you repeat a show that's union. All those airings have to be paid. Okay, that does not vibe with ease uh, strategy. Their model that of, does yeah, not. So, so we went from like eighteen reruns a week to zero. Wow. Then the last administration also said, "Please uh, don't make fun of the Kardashians." 
to which we went, well, that's... kind of what we do. Yeah. In a playful way, too. Not like even right. in, a, in, a, in a harsh way or malicious way. Okay, so that ended in 2015. I remember, you know, we would talk about it all the time. It's where we would get our whole recap of what's going on, and it was, yeah. it was, it was great. a good way for a guy to get a recap of what's going on in the, in the I guess you would say, reality show world. And, yeah. And, and I was thinking on, on behalf of, like, just the gig, because, you know, we do radio and TV and stuff like that. I was assuming... This is a, such a cake gig for you that you'd probably do this, even if the acting stuff continued to, you know, right. go on. This is something you could still do. Oh, well, I love doing it. Right. Uh, and uh, you guys were already talking, or they, they were talking about dyslexia. I, I, I was super dyslexic when I began, and I learned how to read on the show. And I'm not kidding. Oh, dude. Uh, so, it's even a feel-good story. Oh, yeah. It was great. <laughs> they helped me. I was so it horrible was at the prompter. I was, I'm so oh. bad at that stuff. Oh, we'll just yeah. do it live a couple times, and you, it, yeah. it fixes your write-up. But the, I, no, I love doing it, and I, I brought we brought back a lot of our... Because it was all these friends of mine. We were all doing it, so now... Uh, we're thank God Netflix took the the risk, and at least we're on for two. Well, they picked us up for thirteen. So are there might, any uh, are there any benchmarks that you can't do? Because I feel like I was always uh, I was always a fan of what you called segments. You always had uh, catchy, funny names and sound right. effects that went along. Were they like, hey, we got to sort of start fresh? Because I remember like when Conan went from uh, yeah. from NBC to T uh, TBS, he had to like drop some of his. his what characters and stuff right so we uh yeah so technical we don't know yet we no one's filed <laughs> like, a one of them like meaty yeah. or something so like, yes we got so that hasn't the happened yet <laughs> but we have had like uh, this guy named mankini his character yeah. is now called one piece man and we just make <laughs> which him wear I saw, which i saw in yes. the in the uh, upside down world you know yeah, from uh, you, you yeah. confronted him <laughs> yes where he and i could i didn't say it just because we didn't want to mess with it but now we have new segments like weird weird guys and it's three guys going hi, <laughs> and so enjoy the weird guys. Those, so we're gonna we're gonna do yeah. We're trying as we're just getting going now. The new topic are, are a lot of up. these your stupid ideas, and do you get a lot of uh, do you get a kick out of it when you realize that they work and other people find it funny? That's, that's got to be gratifying. My right? ideas are actually dumber. So then the good writers go, "That's fine, Joel. How about this?" And then I go, "That sounds way better." Right, no, I, right. I, I found it fascinating. Uh, when you find these things, like you were saying, you guys have been working on this for a few months, and there was one one bit you did where you compiled all the car accidents in Korean TV. Yes. And it's, like, is it one of those things where you're like, shit, we saw like three or four of them. Let's see what else we could find. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, TV gold. Like, do you have these little, like it clicks in your head? Yeah. Well, we, yes, we, uh, with that, we only, as I even said in the intro, we were only gathering for a month. And for some reason in South Korean <laughs> Uh, soap operas. When a character is distraught, they will be hit by a car, not on purpose. And it's always the most like terrible, like done so bad, like, terribly done. Like they they look back and forth like five times with the car, back to them, back to the car, and it's it's yeah. hilarious. And they'll see the person, their head hits the ground, and then a a ceramic mug will fall next to them <laughs> and crack and slow uh, no and we had to pull it back we had like four minutes of it and we we narrowed it down to 40 seconds hilarious joel joel McHale is here again promoting the joel McHale show with joel McHale on netflix uh again at joel McHale. so yeah you, how did you actually get into the meetings to get it on netflix you know like well, you said it, it ran its course on e so how did that happen, and how'd you get it on Netflix? Well, I did a show for uh, CBS right after the, uh, that was over, right? Uh, and that went and it, a, a huge run of one season, The, the Great Indoors. Yeah, yes. I remember we talked about it. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Yeah. No, well, it was <laughs> like <laughs> as I say, it's like True Detective. Yeah, you were the guys, <laughs> right? And the rest of America goes, yeah. "What are they talking about?" Uh, uh, but uh, but I we I 
uh, Paul Feig, who's our executive producer, ran into an old executive producer, and we had been chatting about it. Uh, but and then finally, we're like, well, let's do it. And so we start. We just set up pitch meetings at all these different places, and Netflix was the one that actually ordered it without. Uh, they ordered 13 episodes without us doing a pilot or anything. That had so. to feel good though when it, when you're now part of something that I'm sure you're a fan of already, right? Yeah, you're, yeah. And you're like, you're on Netflix. That's the deal. Well, hold on. You ever wonder sometimes though, with all the different things you're doing in your career, that maybe <laughs> with the busy schedule, a nonstop. No, you ever think that that part of your life was behind you? Meaning, like the whole idea. Well, it of, definitely was, but no, I know. I, I I think of this too because you know we've done our show together and different things I've done in my career. Like I would work, I used to work in pop radio more, and I would interview like I don't know, Lady Gaga or Taylor Swift, and I'm like, you know what, I don't do that stuff anymore. So I may never again in my career interview a I don't know a major celebrity in music. Did you think to yourself after all these years, I may never comment on pop culture in a snarky way on a show? Like when when I, Soup ended, would you say, you know what, maybe that chapter's done? I I, I boy. I, I didn't think about it as much as you've thought about it. Uh, <laughs> and I always yeah. uh, because I, I, I always kind of thought, I never thought, oh, that's it. I, I think I was like, ah, probably. Oh, we'll find a new home for this. Yeah, I'm like, we'll do it. I even, I think in the last episode, I was like, dad, don't worry. This isn't the last time you've seen this, hopefully, and someone will take a chance. But uh, but I, I didn't, because I always, when I think all the time people, I just always, uh, wow, my answer is taking a very long time. <laughs> See, in that, I just feel like you can do multiple, if you can do multiple things, why, why not, not yeah. do it? And, you know, when you, I don't know, someone like Eric Bana, who established himself in Australia as a comedian, as a sketch comic, mm -hmm. but the rest of the world knows him as a uh, brooding, great uh, actor guy. Mm -hmm. It was just like, you can do uh, multiple stuff. True. And so I was kind of, I was kind of like, why would I just limit myself to that? And if someone's going to pay me to tell fart jokes, why not do then, it? Then uh, look, my brother's a one of my brothers is a priest. Uh, he's he has to help people die in wow. hospitals. They're dying. No, really. And he I'm is. like, what did you do priest? today? And he's like, ah, I, you know. Oh my, yeah. Some I, people are just so cut out for yes. real stuff, and then when there's. You, us, and I'm like, we need to make a ghost out of this pizza box. Right. That's right. what we did last week. When you were growing up, was there a was there a uh, by the way, the ghost pizza guy was fucking hilarious. <laughs> that guy's he's one <laughs> of the say that, yeah. he's one of the co-head writers. His name is Brad Stevens. He's one of the funniest people you've ever met. When you're uh, when you're growing up, is it so apparent that oh, this brother's gonna become a priest? and this guy's going to be an entertainer? Was it that obvious to you, like your family? Well, my other brother's an electrician, so uh, it's we were not the same time. I mean, we get along right. very well, but it was we were all clearly going different directions. Uh, Which is I, a bug out. Raised, you know, we talk about it, this, you know, been done before, but raised by the same people, People, and it's all so different. It's fucking yeah. bizarre. When people and their siblings are so different, you, you, there's got to be something like, yeah, I guess you were just destined to do that because yeah. how, how could it be explained other than, hey, I guess this is what you were made into. Here, hey, yeah. that's you. My like, mom even said, she goes, as soon as you were born, she was like, I couldn't believe how different you guys were. That's crazy. Because my other brother is Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. So yeah. I have a, you, have a, you have one kid? Two. Two. I, I see you with your son uh, on Instagram. Uh, uh, in like Seahawks gear? Yeah, that's uh, yes. Oh, yeah. I, I put but my other one's not as huge a fan as the other one who lives and breeds it. Gotcha. So did you force him to be a Seahawks fan? Uh, why would you ever have to force anyone to be a Seahawks fan? <laughs> They're the most lovable team. Did you see Russell Wilson hitting yeah. bombs for for the yeah. Yanks yesterday? Yeah. 
That's, do, that's do pretty dope. A, do you think there's a chance he becomes uh, this generation's Bo Jackson, or you think they won't even approach that? I, well, I, my guess is the Seahawks are terrified right now. <laughs> they have to be. Well, they said he's not going to play any any preseason games or anything like that. But he, he's got the skills. They're saying no to, spring to, training for Russell Wilson. They say he's not going to participate in any games. Mm. They're playing any games. So that's that's the update I heard. But. That's got to be cool to see. You know, yes, to have a I mean, guy no, like that. I, I believe me. I, I, I'm nervous because I, you know, obviously would rather have him be playing for the Seahawks. Yes. Uh, so is look. He's clearly a one of the best athletes around. Is that crazy to think that when you? I think we underestimate and generations after us will never realize what Bo Jackson did. I no. always say that because it's to think like any guy. Like to, we're watching him hit home runs in spring training, and we're amazed. Yes, Bo Jackson was running for you know a thousand yards and hitting thirty home runs. Yeah, that's amazing when you think back. He and it's astonished. Did you watch that thirty for thirty? I did. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's uh, he never wanted. To, he didn't need to practice. He was just one of those people that God touched and said, uh, "Yeah, you're going to be the Boom. best athlete of this generation." I saw. Hey, now he's promoting what some sort of testosterone vitamin or something like that. No, that's Frank Thomas. No, it's, no, it's both. Frank right. Thomas. They're both. Frank, like the Frank, Frank Thomas. Thomas yeah, he says, yeah, "And the ladies will love it." And he, and he like winks at the camera. Like, yeah, Bo Jackson's <laughs> doing one too. Yeah, I'd spot. Look that up if you can. But he, and in that commercial, the the, the the woman even goes, "Well, you're no Frank Thomas." I mean, uh, she, to her boyfriend or whatever. Oh my <laughs> god, so great. Wait, when, you, when you watch television or when you're just flipping through stuff I do you always have uh the, is the radar always on for like where's the funny in this yes because I think part of the knack of what you and I guess your writers and producers do is cut the clip at the perfect point because that's the the comedic timing is not only you it's cutting the clip and that's such a such a cool part of your you show. don't want to let them go too long uh, or too short. I mean, yes, yeah. because they'll get bored. When you cut quick. the clip at just the right point, and then your reaction—that's that's the magic of what you you did on the soup and what you do on your new show. God bless you. Well, it is one of those things where we all watch TV and we all yell back at the TV and go, "I cannot believe this is on." Uh, yes, do you watch that stuff though, or do you do it for work? Or that's not really what you're into. I is it's it? some there's some shows that are so I can't right. Watch them. Yeah, so you're it's watching hard. it for the first time, sort of with us, or you saw it in the edit room. Like I'm watching yeah. a clip, okay. but like you're like loving hip hop, calling Miami, and I'm right. like I can't. I would never be able to sit through that. Well, there's not. There's <laughs> too much. To, there's yes. there's more reality television now than there was television in 2002. Right. And that's just one category. So there's no way that I can pass. I would I would die. However, I would, however I, would I, do, I, I do watch The Bachelor, though. <laughs> and The Winter Games? And The Winter Games. I did watch By The way, Winter Games. By so terrible. I, I tried to sit through that. The, 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 new, girl, the new girl he's dating pulled him into The Bachelor yeah, world. Ashamed. I got pulled in somehow. And was she on The Bachelorette? Or? She almost was, yeah. <laughs> she, you know what? She was going to be on, and then she started dating me, and then stopped so she's way into it so now was she gonna be on as as one of the contestants right but yeah. was she like i'm gonna finally find my guy i don't know she found you. i hope yeah <laughs> <laughs> what and then his out. destiny had it yeah i came along uh how yeah. long have you been dating her uh, like eight nine months, yeah, eight, nine like months. Yeah. she the she the one she's That's like a good question yeah i think so yeah, yeah. I have to say, yeah, really put me yeah. on the spot, Joel. Well, but uh, yeah, I think. What's so. the age difference? Oh, oh fuck! You really put me on the spot. <laughs> yeah, let's just say, look, I'm let's getting, just... I'm, I'm finalizing a divorce, so it's. Oh, yeah, you yeah. are. Yeah, this, this, so this week, but but like a oh, long, like but a long, second but a long, grueling one. Yeah, and, uh, oh, the, well. the big announcement was this week is uh, sign these papers deal after yeah. like. 
The age difference is a lot, though, because she thought I was younger. I thought she was a little older, and that, that oh, is- She a, must have loved hearing that. Yeah. He, he's, he's 41. Oh, she loved he, hearing all the baggage I came with, too. He's 40, oh, perfect. He's, he's 41. She's in her 20s. Yeah. But she's like mature. She, I will vouch. I yeah. would be she's the first. 21 or she's 28? No, no, she, no she's, she's, she's more- She's going to be 26 next month. Yeah, right. so- All right. I, but I was told she was 26. I'm like, all right, 26. She thought I was 35. I'm about as immature as it gets. You know, she's more mature than me. It works. I don't know. You know, I can't really predict these things. But now I find okay. myself watching The Bachelor, which is why I know we're going to love your show. You know? <laughs> so nice. Very, well, yes. that was the first clip that we showed was but, from Winter Games from the, uh, German, the German guy. The German guy <laughs> oh, who was terrible. I like the. He literally the, said, "I like the China girl." Yeah, the China like, girl. Oh, like, the China woman. It's terrible. Like, oh my gosh, it's terrible. I, I wanted to ask you because I know he. I know on the show you you dive into the uh, the web stuff. You know, do you yep. dive into the sports stuff at all? Like, what? No, uh, are you going to change it on Netflix at all? Yeah, he didn't want us. Uh, they wanted us to stick to their kind of brand and not do sports and not do so. Like, they wouldn't really have been into the Korean getting hit by a car soap opera. Right, stuff. right, okay. Mm-hmm. But we, because Netflix is so vast, now we can make fun of anything, everything, right? And uh, so now we have that international corner where we showed that Afrikaans. The uh, uh, yeah. language oh, thing. Drop the uh, drop. I told you, you said the word cunt, but keep in mind, it's not what you think it means because in Africa, that means child, right? South Africa. <laughs> it means kid. Yeah, kid. Yeah. In this yeah. one very specific part of South Africa, which is <laughs> yes. settled by the Dutch, it's a, it's a Dutch-German hybrid, and uh, yeah, yeah now, now we can say that. I was wondering, I was wondering if you're going to bring more sports into it because you have a little more well, the, freedom the, the, the with sport, the Netflix the sports stuff. Sports segment has such a great name. What, yeah, like sports segment. It's called sports <laughs> segment. Brought to you by Beverages. Oh, that's great. And uh, I, I know that I just know the loopholes that you probably had to go through because it's it's the Sports Center theme, but not enough where anyone could right. do anything. Oh, they could tell. It's I like, got it. They're like sports segment brought to you by beverages. That's great. Drink beverages. And I just, I just know probably the protocol was like the the lawyers are like yes, but all those things you do is you're always thinking like oh there's got to be some legal team that approves this. Come on, don't yes. be don't be a pain in the ass. Just approve it. And they're all terrified that they're going to be yeah, especially yeah. with all that web stuff because it's all licensed now. So yeah. we have to we pay for it of course. What uh, terrifies Joel McHale? Joel McHale on the Cavino and Rich show. Like in, uh, in life? No, not, yeah, in life, dude. Disease. I hate, I hate disease. Death. No, no, no. Uh, meaning, you know, we're talking sports. I remember you hosted the ESPY Awards. Yeah. You know? As a sports fan, I imagine yeah. that must have been crazy to see all your heroes, you know, staring there looking at you. Yes. Meanwhile, you're a professional. You do what you do. You're a funny guy. You've been in movies, you know, Spider-Mans and everything else, well, TV was, shows. Yeah. Uh, X Files. You know, yep, you, you've been yep. there, done that. Thank so you. what does what does, what rattles you? What rattles <laughs> Joe McHale? Uh, not clearly not working. Yeah, uh, that's I don't gotta suck. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, I'm not good at sitting around. Uh, and I say that not as a well. Look at you. I say it as uh, it's a problem. Like yeah. if I go on vacation, I'll start hyperventilating. Right. So you uh, like you like to work. Yeah. My wife have a loves it when I'm leaving. Yeah. She's like, "What the? Are we? <sighs> come on. When you go on vacation, I go when I'm like, let's say my wife and I go a, a beachy place. She could sit on the beach all day. I find my like an hour into it, I'm like I'm finding strangers to play beach volleyball. Brought right. to you by I'm, wa- a beachy I'm walking, place. I'm, I'm walking up and down the beach. You're like looking a fucking for radio stations. Animal. I'm like I'm a, I'm like a, I can't deal. Yeah, I mean it takes a lot for me to relax. But that, so my parents were never uh, the people that would ever sit on the beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always admired those people because like they can just turn it off. My parents like mm-hmm. well. We got nine days off. We're driving to Chicago and uh, <laughs> and back. That's what they would do. 
So I have that mania in me. What uh, what relaxes Joel McHale? Meaning wine. I, I, well, hold on, wine? No, no. It's good. I just came back from uh, Monterey. Fucking wine go. tasting. Yeah. I had a great time. She I like is, that. She's the one. I like uh, throwing. I like throw. I'm, my son and I throw the football all Do the you? time. So I love That's that. That's gotta be good. You gotta get. You throw a good spiral. Of course. Yeah. yeah I, Wait. I, you I, were I, caught QB. Yeah. Uh, I was a, very briefly in high school, but I was a tight end. Tight, okay, yeah. You ever, again, uh, big you, guy. You ever notice uh, on television when when there's a sports movie or TV show when someone really can't throw? But yeah, it, it doesn't oh, annoy like you Tom as much. Cruise? As, does that annoy you as much as like uh, every other guy? Like when you're like that guy's mecha- that guy's mechanics are terrible. Right. It's it's. Uh, I remember uh, when uh, what's his name uh, Michael J. Fox was in Teen Wolf, and I was like, I don't know if that guy plays basketball. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, but I had seen footage of him playing hockey, and he was terrific. So I was like, why isn't this a hockey movie? You can <laughs> sniff that out all the time when they know they, they can't throw. Like I said, uh, Tom Cruise came to mind in one of those fucking movies. Right? You could tell he's short-arming the ball, short on it, and, yeah. and it doesn't look yeah. right. Well, where is, like, with, like, remember Coach Carter with Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah. That, all those guys could play, and I've played with those guys. They clearly hired dudes that could play and i was like okay so. charlie sheen i remember thinking like oh and then yeah you, that's you the found guy out later he could he could play ball but in major yeah. league i remember when that came out well i was like this guy it has mechanics. Hitting, they should the remake that movie with him now <laughs> how great would that be <laughs> he, they said well have you seen him no no see see I, I say this delicately because you know you must feel this way too because there's footage of you day after day after day for years so when you look back you must think fuck look how i looked then yeah i go right? like that's a child right it's so weird and I feel bad calling people out all the time because I see pictures of me. I'm like, fuck. But did you see the cast of Major League, how old they got and how bad they Spot, look? Find that picture, they, they please. They just reunited. This, I know it was 1989. I know, but I they know, look, it but, looks like Charlie Sheen, who looks terrible, but like with, with like, with compared to everyone else, he like looks work, like uh, ninety-five-year-olds. They're cl- closing in on thirty years. I know, I, I know I, but th- when we think thirty years ago, we don't think you know. Yeah, as the meme goes, when you say thirty years ago, everyone thinks the seventies. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's, but it's, and especially for us, people in, age. I, I mean, you're a little bit. You're right, but. For, I mean, obviously, some of them don't look as good. Look. I mean, it was a story. You're just like, holy shit. You know, time sucks. Look at Roger Dorn. He was so handsome. This is what rattles me, uh, Joel. This stuff rattles me. Wow. There's only so much just for men I could use. You know? That is, uh, yeah, that's really something. See, I I told you. That's that's something else. We're on this side of it, guys. I know. You're on the right picture. You're you're more towards the right photo. No, I'm going to fucking fight it. I'm going to fight it. Yeah, I mean, you look at, but then you look at, I don't know. uh, I'm trying to think of someone who looks outstanding. I mean, Christy Brinkley. Well, looks outstanding. Oh, yeah. Christy Brinkley. She's had no work done. Uh, (laughs) But Corbin Bernson, he, I mean, that's not the greatest. He's a very good-looking man. Hey, Joel, uh, when you're talking about all these reality shows all the time, does it drive you berserk when you see all these girls with the fucking fake lips, or do you just accept it? That's the one thing. Are you going to be calling that out? Because it is, it's just bad, I think, uh, If point. it's pronounced, yeah, then uh, then you definitely have to point like, it out. What changes have you seen in the in the progression of, of people and TV and uh, shit like that? I would say that reality has become a lot more slick. It used to be an open frontier where, and God rest her soul, when Whitney Houston had her show, which was Being Bobby Brown, I, that would be, today, that would never be made because they they really allowed anything to be aired. And it really showed her in a bad light, screaming and yelling. Right. Or um, like uh, Flava Flav show. 
Uh, uh, flavor of love. Yeah, flavor of love, where the woman took a dump on the stairs while she was walking. That's that sort of insanity is kind of polished over now. Mm. It's not as raw. Like the Bachelor is incredibly slick, right? And, and yes, produced. they get these lunatics on there, uh, and it works, and it's good for clips and stuff. But it's not the kind of or like when Britney Spears had her handheld show with Kevin Federline. This is now. 15 years ago or I guess 12 years ago where they just gave them camera phones and they're like just film it and we're just edit it all together and it's it was nuts when you uh when you have a show on Netflix now do you do you assume that people watch in a different way because you're used to people being part of every you know Someone may have had appointment watching every day. Like I, right. I, a new I, episode I, every I throw, week. Right? I throw on the soup and uh, I watch Mikhail to get an update. Now, like I said, I watched both episodes last night at any time I wanted. Is yeah. that how you assume? Like, hey, these. If are- you watch the second episode, I go last week or yeah, you mean, eight yeah. years ago. I don't know when you're watching. <laughs> exactly. this. And uh, uh, I guess that's the way you have to assume. Yeah, people are watching. Right. My children do not. They don't turn on the TV to watch shows that are coming. Obviously, I mean, yeah. this is a conversation that's. Ha- but they don't know the networks. They know Cartoon Network. Yeah. But they don't mm-hmm. know. They don't know where anything is. They just know they got their Apple TV, Netflix. They got their uh, and. That's, and they don't rely on the it. TV. It can no. be on the computer, on the you know phone. It doesn't matter. So like once when, when the show uh, premiered two weeks ago, and the, the social media response that I got was uh, way bigger than I I, I, I didn't know who was going to watch, but. Mm. People go, oh, this popped up. I wa-. and so a lot more people. I assume they watched on their phone. By the way, is, that, is there a not not bargaining or negotiating for placement on Netflix? But I'll be honest, whatever comes up in that trending spot probably gets a lot of views from even ran, random people that oh yeah, what's this new Just thing? Stumble across yeah. because there there's so much on Netflix that if you have to search something out, sometimes you're like, eh, I'll watch it later. Right. Your thing was I it was right there. And I was like, well, that's yeah. got to be great no, for Joel. No, we negotiated. It's fucking I, right there. Yeah. No, I, I'm a, I offered to contract kill anyone for them. <laughs> Do you take a picture of that when it comes up on, on your on the screen? You're like, yes. Do you not? Is your ego not as big as ours? Well, then if your kid walks up and well, like, there's billboards of me right now, and I'll be driving with the kids, and I'll be like, hey, look at that, and they're like, why do you keep pointing it out? <laughs> I'm glad it means something though. That's got you know. Think they about don't. It. They cook it. They're like, ugh. But really, think about it. There's so many people out here trying to do, trying so hard to just to get noticed. Yeah, but don't you ever be like, don't you ever say like, look what your dad's done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's gotta or, make you feel good. But there was billboards all over the place with the great indoors, and those were taken. Oh, uh, but still, oh. still, you had them. You know. Yeah. No, it's it's great. You but my kid, they like. Do I, I have? Yes, I've taken screenshots, <laughs> and then it's not sad later when it's. You know, cancel. I have a totally boring, <laughs> uh, boring question. Please, uh, the uh, the picture and the font and the logo. I feel like something like that. I would overthink a lot, but I like the way yours look—the black and white, Joe McHale, the cool picture. You thought that, that goes in it. Do you put thought into a that, lot. or do you leave it into like, oh, the creative people? Oh, there, no, there was a thousand different ways that they were gonna. Because visually, I feel like when I'm clicking through shows, like. It, it jumps out. That's well, the green color, which is on. They selected that color in uh, because they went. No one wears clothes this of this hue, so <laughs> this will be the color we can remove and replace with the video. So that's. But Netflix was very. We didn't come up with the edit, but Netflix was very smart in making the background that green color yeah. and having my hand float, and then the Joel McHale sign. They came up with that as far as how it how it looked, and we gave minor notes where they went. Yeah, we got it. We know what we're doing. We've we've had some success lately. Last so. question for Joel. But it, but too. it looks great, man. Yeah, we're real excited. We're glad you didn't give up on it, man. Glad it's me back. too. Uh, Thanks for having again, me. <laughs> the Joel McHale show with Joel McHale on Netflix. Any other celebrity cameos? Because I know I know you like bringing the celebrities to stop by uh, on the yeah. Set. There's it, a 
bunch. I don't know how much. And I how can... do you work that out? Do you hit them up personally, or do you just yeah, what's, the fa- produce... what's the favorite, yeah, what's just the favorite like, game like? With Oprah, your what are you up to? Uh, yeah, like do you yeah, just throw just it out there? Her. I always assume anyone that I always, I always assume anyone that pops up on your show is, is someone is that you're friend. friendly with in real life, where you're like, "Hey, I'm doing this show on Netflix. It means a lot to me. Swing by." Is that really how it works? Um, some definitely <laughs> sometimes, right? Like, uh, well, look, Billy Eichner, except well, he, uh, we are friends, but we we did a shotgun blast of offers to get mm-hmm. people on the show, and and I'm burping up tea right now. It's going <laughs> great, but. Uh, but uh, when someone, jeez, I'm burping. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, we sometimes I'll text people uh, if I have their numbers. A lot of the time they don't give them to me. But uh, but yes, it works both ways. And then I'm then they'll say, hey, should we try to get this guy? And I'll be like, you'll never get him. And uh, but you start with Kevin Hart. So I'm just, Kevin Hart. He, I mean, he just seems very accessible. He's a, he seems like he loves to do things for friends. He's very nice. And I was on two of his. I'm on that What the Fit show with him. And then uh, on another show with him, and so he he told our executive producer who he's friends with. He's like, "Yeah, I'm doing this for Joel, not you." And uh, so I'm like, "Great!" Just and <laughs> well, he showed. Right. Yeah. He was only in that beginning part because he had another thing to get to. So he was in the building for 25 minutes. He might maybe. hit you up to be on. He, he has a radio show here now too on Sirius XM. So you, don't he's win, everywhere. When does he find yeah. the time? I don't know. And then I keep saying, "I was like, I will say to him, like, how much money do you need?" <laughs> Can I have some of that? Yeah, I know. What is it all got? What do you need it for? But all he right. was very so. Yes, it's there's all these different ways to get people. By on the way, the show. do you do comedy? Do uh, like, do you stand up? Yeah, yeah you still, constantly. You, still, you can turn you still that into a, a whole a Netflix, a whole different special since you got those connections. I should. Do. Do, wow, do you think I'll do the Chris Rock deal? Yeah, oh, <laughs> forty million. I thought it was great. By the way, that the, was uh, uh, that was a good deal. Jeez, yeah. Well, he. He he gets the numbers. So potential's endless with Joel McHale, man. Thank you for being here again, guys. Check it out. It's on Netflix. Um, I know Rich watched two episodes. I'm and gonna like watch I said, it tonight. It's, it's such a then it's a compliment. It's an easy watch. Like it really is. Like that, you know, sometimes you're like, I don't want to invest in a whole series of something. I watched both episodes having dinner, having a glass of wine, just chilling with my wife last night. It was like right. it's like That's it was like great. a fun, funny, That's funny watching want. while we're just chilling. Did you watch the credits? I wa- Spot what I tell you to queue up because I was like, how fucking clever. The credits have a song about how no one watches the credits. No one does watch the credits. Here it is. Here comes the credits. Nobody ever watches the end credits on Netflix. And that means no one's going to hear this song. In fact, you probably already moved It inspired me to watch the credits. To a movie that you're watching tonight. And around this point, it actually gave me it the thing cuts, like, it, start next episode. I was like, yes. Yes, this thing is going to cut out. He, The guy is, yeah. They wrote another song. I think it's going to premiere on this episode. On this coming episode. This is where they're like, here's some title cards that you'll never care about. Or uh, that's great. All right, oh, look, guys. and there's me. That's my next show. Yeah, there you are. Uh, right. David Letterman is turning to Mark Twain. I know. Look at that. that <laughs> or, you know, it took me a second to even figure out who that was. You know that, but who was the guy in Game of Thrones who was the advisor to the queen oh, yes, yes. with the beard? Uh, that's <laughs> that, what he looks like. Now. Exactly. Nobody. But knows he was his name. killed. He was killed in one of the not, not Letterman. Uh, he's still alive. He's still like, here. We all character. know who you're talking about, but nobody knows his name. Our producer spot is saying that if if you don't go to the next show, he's oh. going to fucking kill me. Yes, yes. <laughs> I would. But we. That's I, good radio. Let's see. Let's do it, Come dude. On. You're always welcome Let's here, battle. man. Congratulations. Uh, I will look. If the show's not going well, I'm coming back every day. Thank Please. you. Thank so, you. Thank you. Guys. You're always welcome, man. Yeah. Bye, you guys. Back thank you. Thank you. The best of Covino and Rich is on Faction Talk. All right, so there's another story in the world of sports that I, I thought it's so funny because um, I saw your name in the headlines, Rich, and I was like, "What the hell?" 
But how do you, Mr. Ringboy? You know what Mr. Ringboy is? Mr. Ringboy? You, Mr. Ringboy, Mr. Brown Ringboy, Mr. Ringboy. I don't know Ringboy. Let's hear him out. You know Mr. Ringboy is? Uh, this is according to Yahoo News. Um, I, I thought it was more of like a, maybe just a random story to throw out there, but I was like, ah, this is probably something maybe more of a discussion, or maybe not. You know, we have to see how how they play out. But you know, in this world of equality that we live in, which is hey, a grand thing, I get it. That's fine. I, I, I like it. I want you to know that. There's some things I just think that aren't necessary, right? But people do things just to prove the point. And that goes on both sides. And I find that to be noggin scratching. Like, I don't get it. They have something now called Mr. Ring Boy. I want you to figure it out. Mr. Ring Boy. Mr. Ring Boy. Mr. Ring For the Boy. sake of equality. Mr. Ring Boy. <laughs> equality, so that's it. Mr. Ring Boy. Is it uh, engagement rings for, for men? No, no. Is it a By the way, because you know, uh, that's another story that uh, Ed Sheeran is wearing an engagement ring. Oh, yeah? Like a diamond ring? And, no, not a, not a diamond, but people he's wearing an engagement ring, and people are saying, should men wear engagement rings? That's, no. a, that's a whole no. separate conversation. I don't know. But like I said, some of these conversations go way too far. Like, uh, there was some stance. ring boy spot. Do you know what ring boy about, is? Uh, like the, 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 there was someone in the news who was trying to get the the word man out of everything. What was that story recently? Like a recent one. The man, the word man out of like everything. Someone was on a fucking like tear about a mission. It. Yeah, mission. But I'll, like, tell me about ring boy. Yeah, right. ring Mr. boy. Ring, ring boy. boy. Something about a ring. Is... This is where like I'm saying like equality is not necessary he because wants... we're men and they're women. He wants a diamond ring. He wants no. Uh... Mister Ring Boy is the first ring card boy. Ring card boy. <laughs> Like you know what a ring card woman is? A ring card girl? Who wants a ring card guy? <laughs> Mr. Ring Boy. No, no one. And that's what they're calling him, Mr. Ring Boy. Mr. Ring Boy. I'm not, dude. I'm not even making this up. That's your life. Hope... This is a fake story. No, it's not. Uh, yep, no, nope, it is. Nope, no, nope. And it's, it's uh, happening in mixed martial arts. No, it's UFC not. middleweight it fighter is not happening. Against the Spartan uh, Theodoro. No, it's not happening. There's no uh, ring card the boy. first ever Mr. Ring Boy in a in a fight for equality. No. You know, again trying to level the playing field, as if this is necessary. That's that's really what it comes down to, and it, it's puke worthy when women do it. And this is just you know, if women are saying why, then understand how guys feel sometimes when there's just no need for well, the I have equality a question. talk I have a question. here. Hold on, who's calling for Mr. Ring Boy? I don't know who's calling for all the other fucking garbage. I understand sometimes when we're talking equal pay and treatment and things like that, but you know, at the end of the day, there's men and there's women. Oh my God, this is this is a real story. Yeah, Mr. Ring Boy. MMA will Yahoo start Sports. featuring Mr. Ring Boy. Mr. Ring Boy. Oh my goodness. Mr. Ring Boy. I thought I said this recently too. Mr. Uh, Ring Boy. I said this. Make me feel special every, every way. Oh man, you're Mr. my Ring Boy. I said this to my wife recently, who, she was a cheerleader in high school, and she was like a competitive cheerleader in college, and loves to talk about state championships and cheerleading, and I said, Sarah, I wouldn't be surprised by the time Emmy, our daughter, is uh, in high school and college, I wouldn't be surprised if cheerleading is done, because they'll think it's demeaning. Like, why do we need to cheer for the men? A thousand percent. I agree with you. I said, yo, cheerleading was such a big part of my wife's life. When Sarah was in high school and college, she loves to talk about cheerleading. The way you talk about baseball trips. Yeah. And the way you talk about the camaraderie. Yeah. Sarah talks about 
competitive cheerleading and um, state championships and all the craziness with the petty parents and in Texas. Texas cheerleading was like a fucking, like a big deal. And she said it was such a fun part of her high school and college experience. And I said, that fun part of your high school and college experience, cheerleading, is going to be considered sexist. Mark, in Colorado, my words. I, I agree. I, because they're going to say, hey, it's why? Demeaning to women. They're going to yeah. say, they, you know, look, they're going to say, why? Do these women need to have pom poms and 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 cheer for men? <laughs> because men are dumb. They need God, to be. That Dave is so. They up. need to be reminded to be aggressive and how to spell B. I go to a Lakers game here in L.A. Spot and I went to a couple Clippers games last year. You you see the dance team and you start to think. Are those days number two? Because it's a basketball game where everyone's having fun watching the game. And then these girls come out and do these hot dances. And I'm thinking, it's just a matter of time before they say, why are women sexually dancing for entertainment? It's like we're beneath them. We're the halftime show? No, thank you. No, thank you. Not that. Yeah. So anyway, Mr. Ringboy. You don't think that's out of... There he is, Mr. Ringboy. Mr. Ringboy. Mr. Ringboy. But why? Oh, oh. Mr. Ringboy. Yeah, I really. Has a bad ring to it. I truly think that dance teams and cheerleaders, women love doing it, but there's going to be a, a that that's fucking loud minority of people that say it's demeaning and Thousand what are percent. they what are they cheering for? I mean, for? I see that though. I, I I sort of get it, but like I see that. But it's like, hey, but you're women, and you're not really playing in this football game. But it's such you know, a, we're giving you something to do here. It, it's such an old school, you know. Those are the men, and they're sort of the gladiators of this game right now. They're and, doing their and thing. And we're cheering. No, but we're equal. Nah, but they're but. Uh, so, uh, so the, you know, you're, I would love your thoughts on this. 866-969-1969. In our lifetime, this is where pushing the issue goes, like keeping it real goes wrong. So when, keep, when pushing the, the agenda goes wrong. Well, yeah, when, when it happens so much, so often. Do you feel like if you have a daughter, by the time she's grown, they won't even be cheerleading? I don't know. I, I, I like your theory, though. Dance teams? I, I, I said, Sarah... <laughs> Your little, uh, your little dreams of watching your daughter be a cheerleader like mommy was in high school or something like that? <laughs> it's not going to happen. Like that wrestling story from yesterday just made me roll my eyes. You know, completely around. My eyes rolled all the way back. You know, that's how bad that story was. It's just everything's just, fucking. You know, it goes back to our, our beginning of the show where leave your suck at the door. Everybody Everyone just has a lot of suck. And, but you know what? Equ equal here is that. I equally roll my eyes at the idea of cheerleading and dance teams going away because someone will speak up and, and make it seem like it's demeaning when women fucking love it. Um, but even w worse than that, why would anyone in the world of mixed martial arts, we're talking, let's be honest. The most is, macho of sports. This is the most macho of gladiators and warriors. Picture the guys that watch MMA every weekend. Do you Mr. think they want to see some long-haired guy with his fucking abs holding a ring card? <laughs> Mr. Ringboy. you on drugs? Who could we nominate as a Mr. Ringboy? I was thinking there's a side gig for you, perhaps, Rich. You could be a Mr. Ringboy. Mr. Ringboy, UFC middleweight fighter, Elias Tom, me, Spartan me, Theodoro. Work off these Girl Scout cookies. He'll be the first <laughs> Mr. Ringboy in an upcoming MMA fight. It's fucking embarrassing. Uh, at a major event. So, I don't know. Everybody sucks. I, I don't really know why, but I need to justify ripping someone's head off. Uh, when, I, when I hear 
stories like this. Oh, you know what made me? You, you know what? Uh, you know when your ears perk up. You've said this before. Not that you, by any means. It's usually when I hear "Return of the Mac." Oh, because that is your favorite song. Your yeah. ears always perk oh, up. Ah, yeah. oh, it's my jam. Return right of the Mac. Yes, I did. Return of the Mac. Oh my God. Return of the Mac. That's what's up. And I'm and I'm here to rock the show. Here I go. My ears perk up every time I hear this song. Spots, your ears perk up even when, even if you don't agree when with it. Return of the Mac. No, not when you hear Return of the Mac. Oh. When you hear something uh, like. Super, super uber liberal that you like. It doesn't bother you, but you're like, oh, someone's yeah. going to have a problem uh, with this. I use the eye roll emoji more than I've ever used it before. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a very open-minded guy, but there's things I see, and I'm like, oh, my God. I know so I don't have a problem with it, but I'll I'll get a little tingle. Like, ooh, someone has a problem. That's I, not that's not ears perk up. That's when your butthole itches. Oh, yeah. My butthole itches. <laughs> So when I saw when I saw men on the Price is Right uh, demonstrating the new cars, my butthole started to itch, as Drew Mac points out. There's dudes on the Price is Right. The Price is Right. Price is Right supposed to have hot models now being like a new men. car. They have men along with the women showing the prizes. No. Yeah. No. A new dude. What is a dude? No. Oh, you didn't know that? I don't want the dude. Who, uh, I, I was like, like a handsome, ripped dude. I haven't watched The Price is Right in a while, while spot because I'm not a uh, I'm not a stay at home mom and I haven't been sick from school in a while. I watched it when I was on. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, when you were, yeah, exactly. Price Just is right for the dudes. Price is right is like a new car, and they and it's a dude. What does it do? Yes. Like sexually on the car? Like oh, <laughs> See, thrust, so fucking lame. He like, he's like a new cab, and he's like thrust, thrust, thrust. <laughs> like, what does he do? You know how the girls always wore like, uh, you know, they were always dressed up. Oh, the guys if there's like, like a, are they wearing like sequence bodysuits? No, if there's like a like yeah. a, they're giving away a hot tub, the guy will just be there in like a bathing suit. It's like uh, Chaz Michael Michaels. All right, Pete, that's the only exception. <laughs> The only exception where a guy model Fabio, should be there. Fabio's no, got work the, again. The, the only exception where there should be Fabio. a guy spokesmodel. Fabio's going to be fucking turning letters every other no. day for Van and White. The only reason. Shut your mouth. The only time there should be a male model on Price is Right is if the prize is a hot tub and they have a hot woman and a handsome guy in there yeah. like, well, here's our hot tub. A new car. It, 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 it shouldn't be like, a new cock. I mean car. Oh. <laughs> a handsome gentleman's chest. And you actually get one. How about a handsome gentleman's chest? <laughs> Can I take it home, Drew? I mean, I, I, uh, priceless. I mean, I don't even know. No, no, sir. The cabinet. Um, oh I'm gonna oh. need. I'm gonna need to lick it first to see. Uh, so you're saying they'll be like is taco meat included? They'll be like, give us the next item up for bids. Here it comes now, Bob. A handcrafted sculpture. And there's a guy like in spandex, <laughs> like sculpture. He's the sculpture. <laughs> What is Jamie hanging? All uh, right. What's the next item up for bids? A handcrafted lounge chair and a charming curio. And there's a guy like a speedo on the lounge let chair. Let me explain the story <laughs> yeah. properly. Oh, man. spreading. Mr. Ringboy makes his debut at an MMA event. He's a UFC middleweight fighter, though, again. And he's a handsome guy. He's ripped with long black hair and everything. And he's going to be, again, for the sake of equality, the first ever ring card guy. Uh, but they're calling him Mr. Ringboy, which is the fucking lamest. That's the thing. lamest. So there's going to be a different Mr. Ringboy oh, you know what? You know, I, in, actually, in the upcoming weeks. Actually, I have a question. Eddie or DJ brings up a good point, and I'm okay with this. If they had Mr. Ringboys. Yeah. It sounds fake. No, no, no. This hold on, fake, hold on. Doesn't it? For the women fights, I'd say, oh, thumbs up. 
If they had male cheerleaders for women's yeah, sports, don't you think more dudes are watching the women fights than the? Uh, no, but I'm saying like if if there were, yeah, that's kind of uh, it's a funny sort of twist. I, I sort of like that. Yeah, but that's not if, really if, what if they were like shooting the, for. If it was like the uh, you know cyborgs fighting some other chick, or if it's a woman's Spot, fight, double check that though for the sake of uh, factualities, because I didn't get that from this story at all, and I did read it. If if they're doing ring boys for women fights, or if there was a, uh, if there was, let's say, I don't know, women's basketball. If women's basketball had dude cheerleaders, I'd say, okay, understood. But no guy wants to watch guy ring boys in a fight. Speak for yourself. Yeah. Round three. Get out of here. Well, I, uh, okay, uh, hold let's on. Take, let's take your phone calls. I don't want to keep people on hold. Let's uh, say what's up to Al in Oklahoma. We'll start with him. Al. Hey, Al. What up, buddy? Suave. Al. Hey, Al. Hey, uh, I, I heard big things about, like, the prices, right, these game shows that these people are getting hoes for taxes and stuff, and they don't even get the prizes. Well, I'm, sure, I'm sure they get the prizes, but you got to pay the taxes, yeah. Mm. And, or, you got, or, or, or what you could do is you, you know, can Because everything they, on the Internet is true. I think, Al, one of the options on a game show is if you win, like, I don't know, a handsome gentleman's chest, I think they say, or you could take the retail price, $700 for the... T- I don't think you have to take the actual stuff you win. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm one of the people that live underneath the rock. That's okay, Al. That's okay, Al. That's why we're here. Thank you. You hey, know, sometimes uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking too, though, although women are fighting, it's mostly... Again, I'm sorry to, yeah. sorry to, you know, stereotype here and paint with a broad stroke, uh, pun intended, but... But there's mostly guys watching this shit. Mostly guys. Mr. Ring Boy. guys don't want to see the guys in the ring. I'm this, sorry. This is absolutely true. Greenville, South Carolina nails it. Mr. Ring Boy. I don't Boy, care if it's women fighting or men fighting. Mr. Ring Boy sounds like a punishment on impractical jokers. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's great. Mr. Ring Boy. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. It's like, it's like and Joe. And even if it's for the women fights, you know it'll, it'll trinkle into the other yeah. things for the sake of equality. We don't need that for the sake of equality. I just don't think we need it. Who wants ring? Maybe Venus wants ring boys. Go to Venus on line three. All right, fine. Venus, the goddess hey of love. Hey, hey, Venus. I know I know. you'd probably think I would want ring boy because I'm, you know me, I'm pretty like about equality and have liberal views, but this is crazy. This is just ridiculous. And I just, you're right. I think that there's just no need with certain things because- we have to embrace masculinity and femininity. There's a difference between, you know, equality and just embracing your natural feminine things as a woman or, you know, if it was tongue in cheek and it was a guy parading around out there just because there was a bunch of chicks watching going, oh, whatever, I would get it. But but what I don't, I don't get, I Venus, is why is it so wrong to just admit it's, it's and, not, and accept she, she, that she we're makes, different. She makes That's a great. All. She said it. There's yeah. nothing. There's a difference between uh, Venus nailed it. Thank you, Venus. Thank a you, difference Venus. between equality and people fighting for equality than embracing your masculinity or femininity. Yeah. There's there, there's nothing wrong with a woman being sexy as a ring card girl for a male dominated. Mixed martial arts event. Now, I did write down. This is for the. Uh, that's right. This is for the Invicta Fighting Championship. Does that change anything for you? Because that's that is female. Does that change anything? Because it doesn't for me. It's a full female card, does, but it doesn't. No, is it a full female card? Full female card. I, I don't know. Maybe. I think that's all female. Yeah. I think it might be. Doesn't change anything for me though. It's pretty funny though. But it doesn't change I, uh, anything uh, because uh, I feel like more. It's really just still men watching it. Okay. Of course, women watch it, but because probably the men are watching. I don't know many women. Right? And I've studied lots of women. I don't know how many women are gathering and getting together to watch the fight. 
It's still something that's yeah. organized by the guys, and of course, women find it hey, entertaining. We're, and talking, they watch. We're, we're talking about Ring Boy, so let's not ignore the idea that it could be a great little publicity stunt. Yeah, Mr. Ring Boy. Mr. Ring Boy. I don't know. This really lames us up. We're, uh, we're, it's just the laming up of society. For all things Covino and Rich, follow us at Covino and Rich on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. And subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Covino and Rich for a look behind the velvet rope of interviews and more, much more on Faction Talk 103. Hey, there he is. Hey. There he is. Hey, Pete Holmes. He is tall. There's that guy. He's, He's tall. He's 6'6". This is a radio Are you 6'6"? Six, six? Talk oh, yeah. about my voice. Holy my shit. Body. Keep it. Keep it to the voice. <laughs> Sorry to judge you right off the bat. Uh, no, I'm teasing. I'm guy. He's huge. Oh, my six. God. Well, that is how you start. Do either of you guys do stand-up? I'm sorry if I didn't. No. I, I mean, I, I dabbled. You dabbled? For, I dabbled for a minute. You and, dabbled? Uh, I, yeah, I dabbled. It was well, you fun. you think, you know, in the early steps of stand-up, you have to address. Like, height is a gift. Right, right, Like, right. if you're very, very short or very, very tall, at least you have an opener. Like, I, mm-hmm. still to this day, I do the Comedy Cellar in uh, in New York, and I'm as tall as the stage. So my, if I can't stand up straight, I have to lean, and I get a laugh just taking the stage That's so because funny, people yeah. don't know that I'm uh, a, a great mutant. venue for you. <laughs> a great a, venue I only play there. I can't play tall, yeah. tall ceilinged places. Um, you know, I used to like not want like my tall friends to come over. So, like, I lived in my parents' basement way too long, Pete. Right? I was uh-huh. like almost thirty something years old. Is that true? <laughs> no, well, it's not really. Kind of. Maybe. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Sounds well, like something you wouldn't lie about. I and feel I, like I, if you were gonna lie, you would lower the number. I mean, you I was were, like twenty. You were twenty-seven, twenty-eight. Yeah, that's. Truth, but I bought a sweet house right after and that. And then, uh, no, but I would have tall friends like Pete come over, and they'd have to like duck, you know, getting downstairs, and they were never comfortable. And I was like, "Yeah, this isn't working for me." They're it's, also it's emotionally working. uncomfortable that they're in your parents' basement and you still live there. But I used to hate yeah. that they were so tall in my surroundings. But and, like, the, but don't worry, he told women that uh, he let old you people rent. He, you he, did? He, he, yeah. did the, he told girls that like, yeah, I let my parents live with me. <laughs> yeah. Oh my oh, God. You worked. flipped it. Dude, I have my own side entrance. You you would have to okay. duck to get in though. Side but, entrance. Yeah. yeah it was now fun. it's not so bad. It was fantastic. Yeah, and you were just hoarding cash. It was, uh, oh, yeah, is that yeah. what you did? Saving cash from my place. I have friends that do that, but I, what price do you pay to live with your parents? Like you uh, must yeah. like your parents okay. Oh, yeah, I love my parents. Yeah, yeah aren't you supposed to? See, that's, that's why weird. you don't do stand-up. Oh, no, yeah. You <laughs> <can't> <laughs> uh, it's like, you're not damaged ago. enough. You're radio damaged. Yeah, you know what? We, we, got, we got in a fight just the other day. Not a fight, a debate the other day, because we were talking about showing... We were talking body doubles. And uh-huh. I was saying, well, of course there's body doubles. I would never show my ass. And Rich was saying, why? I was like, I don't know. I have a family that I care about. But then I said, it's... Doesn't your family it's, it's see your, your ass? Who but your family sees I, your I, ass? But my, my, your mom ass? spread my, your ass cheeks and wipes the crevice. Your mother has spread... Desitin in your asshole. Until I was 27, in fact. <laughs> that is funny. Dude, in your ass, Dice Clay would say, asshole. Anyway, ass-hole. but do you have kids too? Is I, do. That I, have, I have an eight year old daughter. But does, doesn't yeah. your eight year old daughter see your, your dad ass all the time? She doesn't have a pie butt. I don't know what that means, but, she, butt? but, she, no, but she has seen inviting it. Yes. But, and never, uh, but never bear, though. He's one of those weird guys. Oh, you know you're why? a never nude. You know, let me tell no. you why, though. We had you gotta cover, be a nude fam. We saw an article <laughs> and it had a, had, a, had a you're a weirdo. I know. It's a white weird white guy. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so Mexican. Hey, dude, we don't do that shit. Yeah, we live with our mother for 27 years, but we don't do that shit. That's the Italian side. That's not the Mexican side. <laughs> no, but he. Uh, so we we saw body doubles, and you you'd be stunned by some of the people, men and women that they in, use body doubles in, in you know cable shows, movies that sure. you know, like, they it was a, a specific butt double article. Really. 
And I said, yeah, I would show my ass. No, like, it wouldn't I have been, no. It comedy would, ass? Comedy, yeah. Well, you see, you're a good looking man, though. I show my butt, it's funny. Yeah, I bet, but, I bet my, people want to see those sweet I, cheeks. I don't know. I think my I type your name into Google. It fills cheeks. in for me. Sweet, sweet cheeks. <laughs> People are looking. Sweet cheeks. There's a lot of interest. Pete, you're right. I actually just want to show off my sweet cheeks. You should do it. Do it when the timing's right. That's really the the whole moral of that discussion. I'm glad you wrapped it up for us. Deep down, he really just wants to do that, and he wants the compliments to go along with it. Yeah. He's fishing for his ego. I have a a birthmark on my butt that looks like Gorbachev's head. You you remember Gorbachev's head? It kind of looks like a continent. Leslie Nielsen tried to wipe it off. Yes, I believe he did wipe it off, and he went, I knew it. Naked God, I love it. So it's, it's it's like the color of the stain on his head because I'm picturing the shape of his actual. It, head. it looks like a stain. Oh, it's okay. a stain. Oh, it looked. It. My brother, uh, he saw my ass apparently when we were young, and he called yeah. it the shit stain because <laughs> it is creeping out from the inside of my ass. So crashing season two, I had my first love love scene. Is that creepy? <laughs> Sex scene. <laughs> love. Scene. Yeah, we were sexing. Yeah, and uh, there was it didn't end up making the cut, but it was possible that my ass would be in the shot. Oh my god! And so I had to get makeup. On my butt. On your butt stain. On my on butt stain. stain. I was. I told Judd. Judd Apatow was our producer. I was like, Judd, we either need to address it or put makeup on it. But there's no like. You can't just see my ass with a Gorbachev shit stain <laughs> and just funny, be like, I'm sure there's nothing to do. Don't with you think that. that's a funny plot twist though? That way you have to explain it yeah. to, to your love interest. I'm just glad it's on my back. You know, uh, I mean, like, like you really have to take a good, give me a good once over to see it. Oh, that's so my funny. wife put makeup on it. Oh, before that's I great. had, before I made out with a, a girl. Uh, that is not my wife. Right. Which is, that's to, a good uh, wife. Awesome and awkward, I guess. That's a good wife. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have to address those type of things? We've we've argued about this where like, if you have uh, like an ass stain. Ass stain. Or uh, a, a, Drew, big, a, a Drew Brees big, stain. A big pimple on your head or something. Sure. Like, Do you have to tell... Do, Do you address it or do you just let everyone else wonder throughout the whole day? Well, that's what comedy is for me as a stand-up is yeah. you have to address it. You have right. to be like, I'd like to take a moment to uh, uh, introduce the large pimple on my head. <laughs> or whatever the, uh, it is. The shameless guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, What's shameless, shameless, main guy in Shameless. Main uh, guy in Shameless, Steve Howie? No, Steve Howie's not the oh, main guy in uh, Shameless. William H. Macy. William, William H. Macy. William H. Macy came into our show. I love the story. He had a Band-Aid on his face. Didn't address. No, 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 no not his face. Across his nose. Yeah. Did he not address? Did not address him. That is not a comedian. <laughs> I love William H, but I don't see him at the Chuckle Nuts. Oh no, it was so I mean, funny. I, I, Mark, I heard it on Mark Maron's podcast. I don't know who the quote is, but it might be Mark. He says we become comedians not to stop people from laughing at us, but to control why they're laughing. Oh at us. yeah, that's you a know good what I mean. One. So like when I was in eighth you grade, you should take credit had, for it. Fuck I'll just take it. That yeah. was me. Was, you should listen to my podcast. You made it weird where I say things. Like I heard that. about. I heard kidding. it's great. Teasing, no, I heard it's great. Pete, by the way, Pete Holmes is here from Crashing HBO. It's Cavino and Rich. Yeah, continue. Look, you're eating exactly what I would think you would be eating a power crunch bar <laughs> a power crunch i've known you for five minutes why are you judging me no i'm not <laughs> see i Dude, just you, you got a different thing going on Should I no. just, hey, Kavino, way, control the comedy just so you, <laughs> make fun of yourself just so you know let me point out this that's power. right let me point that's out right. the i'm a guido from jersey that eats power crunch bars. are you half italian <laughs> half italian half mexican we're, we're, yeah, we're yeah. a little mix of this and that but uh wow. let me point out the fact that i'm intermittent fasting oh and I, and, by the way you forgot a quarter irish oh quarter irish that's See, right. that's your opener. Th- you that might is. not be too short or tall to, to make a joke about it, but you are three ethnicities, and everybody
everybody that starts stand up knows you would say I'm Mexican, Italian, and a quarter Irish, right. which means I'm a little drunk. And then you'd be like, I have four jobs and I eat a lot, or something like yeah, that. I you know what I mean? Can I tell you? I'm not. I'm not saying that's a good joke. I'm just saying that's what that's you would do. Yeah. No, no. You know what I call as it? A stand-up. Racism. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, here comes some racism, <laughs> no, no. and then I just go on a tie, no, right? I, I, I hate this part of you. We loved your appearance on Conan O'Brien, where we talked about uh, oh how Italians how Italians could be. Can we play some of it? Spot. We're here with Pete Holmes. We're going to talk about his life and crashing uh, as much time as we have. This is Pete Holmes with Conan. All the time. Yes. Uh, and uh, you're kind of a skeevy guy that way, but. Uh, <laughs> I'm always at 7 Eleven buying yeah. drugs. Yeah. And then I go to the comedy club. Oh, that's Anthony, Allison Janney got that going. Uh, <laughs> there's a political correctness in comedy now. Have you noticed a change now that you're in the clubs? Are people uh, a little more careful about their routines? People, you know, talk a lot about what you can't say. I think it's weird some of the things we still can say. Like, for example, it's, it's 2018. We're very aware. We're woke. You know, people yeah. are, we're are sensitive. <laughs> we're we're hypersensitive hyper hyper to everything. It's weird. The whitest man just said woke. You're right to laugh. <laughs> yeah. We're woke. Um, but yeah, there's still some blind spots we have culturally. Like, it's completely fine to be racist towards Italians. In what way? I don't know if you've noticed. Some of you are like, uh-oh. <laughs> this is about to get weird. I don't mean real racism. I mean like casual, culturally acceptable. Like, I know some of you are Italian. I'm not Italian. Yet I have no fear of being like, you want to go get a, a pizza pie? <laughs> This is not a scandal. It is true. No one will tweet about this. No one cares. Oh, linguine with clans. I love it. It's okay. Yeah. It's in our video. It goes on. It goes up. It's great. The joke is better in clubs. I did it there, and you could tell the TV audience, because they're being filmed, too. Yeah. And they don't know who I am. Yeah. They're like, I'm going to sit this one out. Really? Like, it does well, but, like, I, I in a club, that. That whole routine. Re I, I, I'm, I'm happy to play it. I'm not feeling sensitive about how right. I played. But in a club, it, it goes kills. nuts. It kills. People and then, love it. That's Talk about how French people go, oh, 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 and it's totally fine <laughs> to do that. Yeah. It's, it, it's just like a weird, and then I end the joke by saying you can't say hero, which is true. Oh, yeah. It's a valid know. point. You can, yeah. There's certain ethnicities that are over the line. Oh, you know, but I feel, how do you feel as a Mexican? I mean, like, I feel like dude, as a white guy, so many I could get up and be like, how many Mexicans are in there? Like, I cut off a fucking and, this and, and this. And laugh about it and joke Why? about it. Why? I know certain ethnicities are okay with you making fun it's of It's like them. Lord of the Rings. It's like dwarves and elves yeah. having a lion. Some, some, like, some people. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Me Mexicans are a fair game for any joke, and yeah. no one, yeah. But and, you, and you'll do the Mexican voice, and it's okay. Right, and, and like, I get some of it. Some right. some groups have been oppressed so much that it's like you, you can't the, punch uh, down. True, or whatever true. It is. The Asian thing is sensitive because even on the uh, <laughs> who's playing a gong? Did no, the, you play a gong? No, it was not, you. <laughs> it was you that played a gong. That the, is the, hilarious. Uh, the, the Asian thing. They did. Remember they did the TV live version of Christmas Story? Yes. And they cut out the fa ra 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 part. Yeah. Like I was. I was wondering. That was the only interest they had in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We just like, want to see. I was like, are they going to do the fun? <laughs> no. oh, like, that is like time stamping that movie. We watched yeah. it this past Christmas and we were like, this feels like seeing a snuff film right yeah. now. <laughs> you can't. Like, I can't believe But there was a time, I'm not saying it was a better time. It's just, it's like if they make a Mad Men about that time, it's yeah. a lot of people doing L's and R's swapping material. Oh. Without a doubt. Well, we this is, I guess, kind of funny. I'm dating a, a younger woman now, right? And uh, I said something about Polish people because growing up in the 80s of and course. stuff. Polish people were the, in our minds. You go to with jokes, it just meant dumb. It just yeah. meant they were the dumbest people. This Polish like, guy walks in. Yeah. Like I'm sure Poland has done some amazing you, stuff. You you're ask, like a real knucklehead. You, you ask, 
about that. You ask someone slightly younger, like, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, of course like, not. Pol- you, you don't get it. We mean Polish jokes were our go to no, 80s dude, dumb Ethiopian jokes. jokes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Ethiopia was in need <laughs> of the, help. They were the most starving people. And we were just like, what do you call an Ethiopian? It's like, dude. <laughs> Get Oxfam involved. We need to send supplies. I guess guess what we're saying here, Pete, is that, you know, as much as we we evolved some, but we still miss that stuff a a little bit. I think there's an interesting thing that you can't. Oh, you think we miss it? I think I do. Yeah. I'd love a good Ethiopian joke right now. Oh, my God. That's not true. It's a a weird thing. Once you. Yeah, go ahead. No, you and I are the same exact age. 38? Yeah, 38. And I remember growing up buying those tastefully, what is it, truly tasteless joke books. Do you remember yes. those? They'd have, I the, don't. That's it. They, they'd have he categories. Made his own jokes. Yeah, he, <laughs> that's I, I, I was probably, I, I can't believe I didn't know this. But yeah. you know, you'd see them in Mad Magazine. Yeah, yeah. And stuff. They, they'd you'd buy them at the uh, school book fair and shit like okay. that. They'd have like uh, the, the table of contacts where like, it was like black jokes, Puerto Rican jokes, Polish jokes, and yeah. these are being sold. Blonde oh, jokes. Like Just children. some guy in like yeah. a white tank top in his mother's basement. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> writing racist joke books. Like the kids are gonna love this. It was a different time. It was. It was a different time. I'm so this. <laughs> I kind of do. Hey, Spot, can you pull up a picture of Kavino in a white tank top to just completely oh, confirm what you said? The fuck up. By the way, I'll, I'll tie this on to you. You know where I'm from? The same hometown as Artie Lang, one of your good pals. Oh, really? So I grew up with a bunch of knucklehead jabroni, bunch of gloops, just like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, so okay. We're from the At same least you have hometown. a little Italian, so you can be like, hey, hey, hey oh, I hey. can punch this yeah. way, I can a, punch that a way. Piece of pie. What did they think of you? What do you mean, what did they think of me? You're oh. a Mexican Italian with Irish. My last name's Cavino, so they just uh, they, they owned me as uh, a little different, but Italian, I think. I see. Yeah, like, oh, what is he? I think he's Italian. But, I don't know. But he reaped the benefits of the Latino explosion. Right. Yeah. Yes. Once Ricky Martin hit the scene, his, uh, that, and why is Cavino a little bit better at dancing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like your, your hips well, no, are moving. I, I kind of yeah, I kind of rolled. Then all of a sudden, life changed a little bit. Yeah. And I, I was more Mexican for whatever reason. But yeah, well, it's got to be the internet. We just know more about different cultures and stuff now. 100%. Everything spreads, and the world's a smaller place. And we want to know what's special about you now. Now we, I think we go like, what's unique about you, as opposed to like, look at this fucking weirdo. Yeah, that's you want a taco? It's like, <laughs> now we're like, would you please make tacos? That's oh, tacos. Like, well, like, how cultural like, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah now we're like Ooh, oh, you right. don't fry the tortilla you're right am I saying that. that right tortilla yeah. <laughs> the world's changed for the better you're right now I'm looking at all the people all the comedians that you're friends with obviously you, you roll with all these heavy hitters you yourself are a heavy hitter well, you that's HBO not show. Uh, Pete Holmes is here <laughs> who is the most willing to help I'm always curious because you see uh, you know Joel McHale was here the other day talking about his Netflix show, and I was curious, yeah. like, how easy was it for him to be like, "Hey, Kristen Bell, just come, come on my on. show." Yeah, like Artie, Jim Norton, uh, you know, Bill Burr, some of these guys that we all yeah. know well. John Mulaney, John Mulaney, who's terrific. Yeah. Ron Funches, who is, I find that guy hilarious. Yeah, all of them are yeah. great. No Funches though. We haven't had Funches on. Somebody says Rod gave Funches. you the wrong. Yeah, someone out. said Rod Funches. Oh, I'm trying to think of other facts, black but- dudes. Uh, Hannibal was on. Hannibal. Now, when you uh, when you have, do you just yeah. give him a call like, "Hey, listen, I'm doing a show." Can well, you, or do you have to go through agents with your friends? Uh, well, you start with going to your friend, and then you go, "Shall we get the others involved?" Right. Yeah. It, we, no one wants to talk about like money and right. dates with your friends, but you do call them directly, and that's kind of what the premise of crashing is. Sometimes yeah. I see people getting upset. Not upset, but they kind of call bullshit on the premise is that like comedians help each other. But in my experience, that is true. And to the com- comedians listening, if there are any, uh, if that's not true, find different friends. 
mm-hmm. because the ones that have like enough have an abundance of talent and goodwill that they actually share it with people. I'll give you an example. Sarah Silverman was on our first season. Sarah's been uh, I'm so happy to say a friend of mine. We do a bunch of shows. I have a monthly show at Largo. She comes in and does that all the time. And she was uh, I wrote a script for her. And there you call her. My manager is also friends with her. We're just seeing if she wants to do it. She says yes. Then she gets like a, she's talked about it on stage in her last special. She almost dies. She almost dies. Like she gets some weird uh, infection that if she had been on the road and far from a hospital, she would have died. And then she's on bed rest. And then the day that we're supposed to be shooting is coming up. She still came. Like it was the first time she like left the house. Well, that's the premise of the show. Was she was like, this is a big deal. She's lending her name to the first season of my show, which is a fragile season. We just got our our third season, which is a big deal. First season difficult to get. Second season still really hard to get. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to prove it. It's like an experiment in the first season. So that's kind of the conceit of the show. Well, hold on. I do want to give you a round of applause. Third season. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Honestly, dude, that's that's huge, man. H. Not to mention HBO. That's I know. Great, it's HBO. It's so great, I man. go, I scroll around. There's Sopranos and there's right? my big dumb face. Ah, it's super, it's a super thrill. Yeah. It's a super thrill. And they did my special too, uh, which is called Faces and Sounds, which is a stand-up special. Now I'm just plugging stuff. Oh, no, no, no. no, no. But, but you I, know what? I am curious, Pete, if, if you don't mind telling sure. us this too. Pete Holmes is here again crashing on HBO. Uh, you know, you, obviously you've been doing comedy for a long time and writing, yeah. like you said. How do you get the show though? How do you get this show? Yeah, because your kind of thing is like, oh yeah, people don't know you, but they do. Yeah, no, totally. So, so then, how do you sell that? And make it work. It's it's not uh, a simple answer, I suppose. The best advice, Bill Burr. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I opened for Bill ten years ago, maybe more than that. He was he was a hero of mine. He still is. I think he's my favorite comedian. Yeah, he's incredible. Is he really? <laughs> and kind of talking about what we were saying earlier with being offensive and it's okay to make fun of Italians. I watch Bill and I am offended, <laughs> and that's part of the yeah. fun. And maybe that's a privileged thing. Like, I'm a straight white male, so I'm by the side going, like, this is wrong. Right. I don't know. I, I'm not an expert on this. But, like, he says things that I disagree with, and the whole crowd disagrees with. Right. And then you get to watch him like a master, like, kind of convince you and confuse you. It's like, yeah, he's, he's brilliant. Like, he's, he's brilliant. Uh, he really is special. I wasn't going to use the word, word genius, but in his way. I, I think guess, he is right? a genius in a way. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. A comedic genius for sure. Wow. So, Bill, why did I start telling you that? I. What was your question? I'm so sorry. My question I, is, I how, how did you make oh, it yeah. happen? Yeah, how, do you, how do you make this happen? Because look at all these other comedians that you have on your show. All yeah. of them would take an HBO show for sure. if given to them. You know, Absolutely. So. Well, Bill, this is why I brought him up. He gave me the best advice. He said in comedy and show business and comedy show business, he was like, keep your head down and don't be a dick. And I think that's fantastic advice. I, I tell young comics, get on stage as much as possible. Yeah. Because it's not your friends. It's not a book. It's what you do on stage. Study good comedy. Watch what you like. Hang out with people that are similar to you, like in comedic styles and sensibilities. Go up where you feel like you're doing well and you're growing and you're being challenged, but also have room to experiment. But then also keep your head down and don't be a dick. And the the reason why that's the answer is, like, you can't get into comedy you can quietly in your heart. Like, I knew I wanted to have a show at one point. Yeah. I know that sounds like nowadays everybody wants a show, but in the you know late 90s, it was kind of weird to quietly yeah, have a secret. There's a difference. Like, there's I'm a difference. Have a show one day. Yeah, but there's a difference between uh, do, you know, doing a show online and then doing a show on HBO that yeah, you're totally. getting paid to do. But it's so, per- see, to speak to what you're saying, it's so preposterous to go, right. like, I want to have a show produced by Judd Apatow on HBO. So you got to kind of put it to the side. You keep it mm-hmm. in your heart like a secret. 
Like you're like, I'd like, I'd love something oh, like yeah. that, but it's too preposterous. And then all you control what you can control. What can you control? How well you do on stage. So you work really, really hard on that. So you start doing stand up. Then I got on Conan. The first time I was on Conan, it was actually the second time I did stand up on Conan. I was 31, and I did a joke about how uh, I love magic. And every comedian I know has jokes about how they hate magic. It's a lie. <laughs> magic is a lie. You're calling me an asshole. You, you, you're a liar. And, yeah, you, yeah. and my card is over there. And you knew that, you liar. And I did a joke about like, it's great. Magic is it. great. Like, right. I want to I feel wonder. I want to feel joy. And Conan thought that was unique. So all I did was I kept my head down. I wasn't a dick. And I was honest to myself. And I did a joke about like, the world is magical. And it's fun to feel fun, basically. And then I go on. And it so happens that Conan's looking for, uh, he wants to have some someone following him, a talk show to follow him. So because of that set, J.P. Buck, who I love very dearly, he's the booker for Conan, put me on the short list of people that could like audition and kind of like put together something for uh, a talk show. I film a pilot. I get the Pete Holmes show. It's on for 80 episodes after Conan. It wasn't like a big hit or anything. It was kind of like a sleeper hit. The people that like it really love it. Right. Not too many people saw it, mm-hmm. though. It was on at midnight on TBS. And uh, not to put down TBS, but it was yeah. on midnight. Oh it's still TBS. cool. <laughs> still, oh, my God. Yeah, it was getting, so cool. And you're getting paid, too. It was so cool. And it was very paid. Very paid. Yeah. Very it was very paid compared to like kind of scrapping it together. Right. You know, Inconsistent. Weekend to weekend. Well, how, how is that when, you, when you're thinking, I'm guessing you didn't have the resources I guess you would say bigger network late night shows have, but you had to bring content oh, man. all the time. I mean, the, that's a whole You had to bring the content, and you know, I, I don't want to compare it to our radio show, but our radio show is please me, me know our producer spot. Yeah, yeah. Other radio shows and other t- you know, TV shows have t- people be yeah, like, you guys have writers, right. like yeah, writers, yeah. Us. Yeah, you're <laughs> absolutely writer. right. Yeah, so like, we I can were only imagine. scrapping it. Well, if 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 your experience here is like mine with the talk show, you kind of love it and you kind of hate yeah. it. There's a lot of freedom and there's a lot of like, it's almost like summer camp. You just do it yourselves. We would tape nine episodes a week sometimes because we only had the stage for a while. Mm-hmm. We'd be pretending it was Halloween when it was months earlier <laughs> because it was going to be yeah. airing in a few months. So it was a bizarre, it wasn't really a talk show. It was like a sketch show that was pretending to be a talk show, but it was billed as a talk show. But the reason I tell you that story is to tell you this, is that I'm doing that show. I'm just trying to do it as well as I can. We're having a great time. Judd Apatow is watching that show and becoming a fan. We did the like Batman sketches, some of mm-hmm. these things that we did, Batman. I right, right. I remember that. Went yeah, I really remember viral. Online. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're, yep. they're, they went viral before the show, but we did more for the show. And then Judd sees that show gets canceled after technically two seasons. It was 80 episodes. And I kind of had a quiet moment in my car. I remember where I was. I was in Santa Monica because we had just gone into Comedy Central. I was like, okay, what are we going to do? We're going to pitch something else. We're going to yeah. keep it rolling. Like the show's canceled, but it's still on the air. Right. So I'm going to use and this. People like, are recognizing you now. Exactly. Right. I, I, I don't like the term heat, but I was like, maybe we have some heat. Ooh. Let's go out. <laughs> and then I went into Comedy Central and we're like going to pitch them a sketch show because I was like, we can't do a talk show, but my favorite part was the sketches. Let's do a sketch show. Kent Alterman, who's a, who's a dear friend of mine, we sit down and Kent just kind of casually drops that the last thing they want is a sketch show before we even pitch. <gasps> so he's like, well, one thing's for sure. We could use another sketch show. Like, we need a hole in the head. And we're all laughing. Yeah. And I'm like <laughs> hiding the sheets of paper I have that say the Pete Holmes sketch show. Uh, so we ended like, we ended up just acting like we just came in to check in. Oh, general meeting. <laughs> you didn't know, but this was a general but meeting. This is where I find the, the story I hope, you know, gets more interesting because you <laughs> You're fun. That's funny. I'm joking. That's addressing the Band-Aid on the nose. That's comedy. No, no, no. I'm joking because you know how many people say to us, you know, how did you get the show? Like, what is your show about, right? And then we'll say, oh, well, it's a guy show. You know how many people want to do 
a guy show, but yeah. they don't get the opportunity. Yeah. Like your show is kind of just about your life, it seems like, like loosely based on right. your life. So then how do you pitch that and sell that to HBO? Right. You're, you're selling, like, I'm fascinating. Look. Yeah. Right, right, right. Like, I know. You know what I mean? Like, I know, I'm telling you a lot of backstory, but no, here, right. co here comes the mate, or you might say, <laughs> carne. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I leave Comedy Central. I'm in my car. I'm depressed. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. And then I go, okay, what would you do if you could do anything? I think that's a question that people should ask themselves all the time. So I go, right. what would you do if you could do anything? And I was like, well, I would tell my story. What's your story? And I go, well, I, I was raised religious. I was grew up very Christian. And then I got married when I was 22. And then my wife had an affair. Uh, she cheated on me when I was 28. So I was married for six years. She leaves me, and then I was homeless. I had to find a place, and I had to find so that's all people true. that would help me. Yeah. That's all true. And that's, this is a lot of it is in your first yeah. episode of season one. It's, that's how the pilot starts. Yeah. Wow. I didn't walk in on her, but that everything, the, the spirit is true. Right. But then I go, okay, so how do I sell it? Because just saying, like, my wife left me and I did comedy, isn't that interesting? And then I was like, well, what if every episode, and this was all in my car, what if every episode I'm crashing on the couch of a different comedian? And that's what you call an engine for an idea. Mm -hmm. Suddenly it, it plants something in somebody's head. Yeah, like an you epiphany. Go, I can see it. Yeah. As an episodic show now. There's the Artie Lang episode. There's the Bill Burr episode. There's the Sarah Silverman episode. And then I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, this sounds like a Judd Apatow idea. Judd had done a sketch on the Pete Holmes show. He'd been on my podcast. And then I was like, this was on a Wednesday. And I called my manager who knows Judd, and I was just like, do you think Judd would listen to this pitch? I got real excited. Yeah. Almost like manic. I was like, I got to get this idea mm. out. He was like, well, he's in New York filming Trainwreck with, with Schumer. Who, and I know Amy, too. So I was like... Can he see me? Uh, when can he see me? And they're like, well, he has, this is true. He goes, they have 15 minutes on Friday, Friday morning at like 6 a.m. I was like, okay. So this is Wednesday in LA. I fly out Thursday. Uh, and then I booked the ticket for Friday afternoon to come back. Just like, I didn't even have just time for to the, adjust. Just for that meeting. This is the story that I'm going to drink cognac and tell my grandchildren. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it's going to get even more exaggerated. Yeah, right. I was like, I went in and grabbed Apatow by the shirt and said, you got to listen to me, baby. Uh, really, the truth is, I went into the set. It was the magazine that she worked at, which I think might have been called Snuff, actually. It's funny that I said Snuff yeah. earlier. It was called Snuff. And I go in and I say hello to a couple of people. I'm very nervous. And uh, we spent 12 minutes talking about stand-up. And this is really where it was very fortuitous. Judd had just gotten back into stand-up. Right, his when Netflix I, special. Well, he was getting ready, getting for, ready that, for that. Exactly. Yeah. And I came in pitching him a show about a guy getting into stand-up. So that was very good timing. Right. Mm -hmm. And then... I, I told him the truth. I was like, this feels like a Judd Apatow idea. I'm not pitching this to you as like a guy who can open doors for me, even though you are. <laughs> I'm pitching this to you because it reminds me of Knocked Up. My character's a lot like 40-year-old Virgin. He's older, but he's very inexperienced. It reminds me of Knocked Up in the way that like Knocked Up is obviously a, a stoner whose life is interrupted by a pregnancy. I'm not a stoner, but like I'm a very low-functioning idiot whose life is interrupted by an affair, and then he's kicked in. He has to grow up very quickly. So I was like, this seems like your kind of idea. Then he goes, okay, he didn't say, like, let's do it. When I cognac version, oh, I'll be like... And then he said, it's on! Yeah, yeah, it's on. <laughs> yeah, my word, and it's strong as oak. Go, and, baby, and, go. Then we, and we shook hands Jerry Maguire style. Yeah. And then he just said, write it. And I've seen Judd do this a million times uh, because now we've been friends for, uh, like, five years now, close friends, which is great. Incredible to be able to say that. Yeah. He does this thing, which I call you Miyagi somebody. Mr. Miyagi will teach you karate, but first he wants you to clean his yard. Right. Mexican joke here. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm saying, like, you come in, and he wants to see if you're serious. So I want 
Miyagi of comedy, Judd Apatow, to help me, teach me how to make a show. And he's like, write it. So I write it. I wrote it in two days. I wrote it very quickly. I was very excited. Then he read it. He was like, this is good. Write another one. You write an episode. You wrote an episode. So, okay, okay. Very quickly. Yeah, two days. I wrote the pilot. Then he's like, this is good. Write another one. And I did oh, that you're, in two days. You're probably so stoked at this I'm point. super stoked. Right. And I could tell, yeah. just based on your personality, you have that antsy feeling of wanting to get this to him. I want to like, get it to like, him. I was super you're writing, excited. You're like, you're just... I'm even leaving out a part of the story because he was getting into stand-up. He told me an idea he had for a routine. And on in the cab on the way to the airport the next morning on my phone, I punched up the routine and emailed it to him. Oh, okay. So I was super eager. Right, yeah. right. You want to walk that line between like be cool, but also like show that you're serious. Yeah. And I think I did that well. And then like I just wrote a, a bunch of bunch of scripts and then we pitched it. So it wasn't just the idea. He had read five episodes of the show. Wow. And I had proven that I was an operator, that I could do something under pressure quickly. And I've watched, you know, people pitch things to Judd or I, I kind of hear buzzes about, oh, somebody's maybe doing this. And a lot of them kind of go away. And I, I sometimes wonder if it's because they don't Miyagi it enough. They don't clean the, the lawn. They don't uh, yeah. send the fence. They don't follow, they don't follow through. But they you know what's yeah, funny? I mean, When I hire writers for our show, we're looking for that same sort of like, wow. will you just do it? Will you just do it? Now, like, I don't want to chase you to do it. Will you just do it? Now, all these guys, you know, some of these guys, uh, Jim Norton's on right before us yeah. every day. Do you, obviously, through the comedy scene, you, you know them, but do you know them well enough where you're really pals with them, or do you really have some to? Some of them. Okay. John Mulaney's been one of my closest friends for 10 years, and it's a thrill because in the second season, Pete branches out into the alt scene, the alternative, you guys know yeah. the alt yeah. scene, yeah. which is, you know, comedy clubs uh, instead, not comedy clubs, but like bookstores and laundromats and stuff like that, which is where I met Mulaney. So we built the club, Rafifi it was called, we rebuilt it, it's been closed, and reenacted me meeting Mulaney where I met Mulaney. Very, very surreal. So that is like a friend. But when it came to like Norton and Artie um, and Attell, these are guys that like, that's Judd's influence there. Is I was like, okay, it's a religious guy. His wife leaves him. He has to go into the city and he starts taking his dream seriously. And I was like, when I wrote the pilot, I was like, and then like Zach Galifianakis teaches him how to like do comedy. Or, and then I was like, or Hannibal Burris. It was all these guys that mm -hmm. are like my peers. Yeah. And he, Art, uh, not Artie, Judd was like, no, it should be Artie. Artie. Wow. <laughs> like, you know, okay, if we can make it happen. Artie's, yeah. uh, Artie's one of those guys that we feel like anytime you're in the room with Artie Lang, he's usually like the funniest guy. Like, he, oh my God. He owns the room. He's a good guy at owning the room. If there's like a bunch he of people, owns it. he owns. It's funny that you say that because the audition, it was a bunch of great comics. I don't want to name them because I don't want to make it sound like I'm putting them down. But we would read them in groups because mm -hmm. we wanted them to fuck around with each other. And Artie came in, and I would, I've told the story a million times. I've told it with him here, so please don't think I'm like really breaking his balls or anything. He's wearing like loose track pants. His ass is hanging out. He's wearing like an undershirt. He's wearing Oakley sunglasses He just got inside. back from having a Taylor ham sandwich in Hoboken, probably. <laughs> <laughs> He's unstapled his script, so it's loose leaf. Yeah. He can't find the page we're on. And he has his Ben Franklin hairdo probably going on. Yes, he's on, got the right? full Franklin. What is, what is that? The full he to, Franklin. He went to Luigi's in Union, New Jersey, and asked for the Ben Franklin. <laughs> That's a great burn. By the way, the season finale, which is on this Sunday at 10.30, is a roast episode. Oh, really? So we roast Artie a little uh, bit. There's some we, good jokes we in there. We love Artie. So I wish can. I had the Ben Franklin line. <laughs> I, we could have used you that day. But we had like uh, Jeff Ross and a lot of great mm, roasters right. there helping. Jeff's from Union too. Is he really? Yeah, yeah, he's from my hometown. All those ball breaks, all those I know, good ball I breaks. Know, yeah. But see, that's the. It's got to be salty sweet. So you got to have a guy like me that looks like a youth pastor. We often like when we when we write 
When we write the script, we're like, what would Big Bird do? <laughs> Literally, that's what we do. Wow. Big Bird goes to a strip club. What would Big Bird do? It's like, oh, gee, can I have a gin and tonic? Hold the gin? Like, we start <laughs> right. with that. Right. And then you get the salty, which is guys like Artie. And uh, so when he came in for the audition, he was absolutely a mess. And then we were just like, it doesn't matter. Just riff. We improvise a lot on the show. Just riff the scene. The scene is about Pete sits down at the table, and he, he's not a comic, so he's not welcome at the table. And then Artie just tore the roof off. He's great. And he left, and Judd and I just looked at each other like, are we doing this? Are we doing the Artie Lang show, basically? Is he going to be this big of a part of the show? And obviously, he It's is. always a risk, though. Remember when he did the Joe Buck show on HBO? <laughs> yeah, he fucking buried that one, Artie. Did he really? Remember? Yeah. There was a Joe Buck show? Oh, you remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. And Artie, Artie was just being Artie, yeah. but for the Joe Buck show, it wasn't what they were looking <laughs> for. <laughs> for well, your show, it's what they're looking yeah. for. And well, your show seems really heartfelt. Like It's not like laugh after laugh after laugh they, for people yeah, who don't know. It's heart mixed in. Yeah. yeah, right. It seems like serious it's and like interesting. Life. It's like life. I call it salty sweet. We try and keep it real. We did an episode. Uh, episode six of the second season about Artie's addiction, for example. So that's not something you would do on, like, say, 30 Rock or Futurama. These are shows that I love. But we, we find room for that drama. Salty Sweet. Ironically, do you know who the voice uh, of Big Bird is? You know what other voice they do? Who? Oscar the Grouch. No way. Salty that's sweet. sweet. I feel like I just climbed a mountain no, and you were sitting in the lotus like, position and told me. Big Bird is Oscar uh, the Ground. That is, you really? Uh, I'm not joking. That really blows my mind. Salty sweet. Whoa. That is beautiful. And, and, and you do see that in the show. You're the nice guy. But, you know, let's get real for a minute. It's based on, loosely based on your life. You're homeless, uh, you know, for... I don't know how long. Sounds like my past year, right? <laughs> Is there some sort of great revenge deep down when you realize, like, you're kicking ass. You have an HBO show now, thinking where it all started and how you got this idea. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like you, you turned like dilemmas like you're, into you're, uh, the lemonade. Your ex that cheated it's on like you. It's like the Bill Hicks. Yeah, yeah, she almost, uh, you know, yeah. propelled this in a yeah. weird way. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to my ex-wife. I really am. I'm not just trying to be big bird Well, right help now. me understand, because yeah. uh, I want to be grateful. Were you cheated on? No, I was not. Uh, let's make that well, clear. That's but <laughs> I want to be grateful the same way you are in the form of success. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be grateful. You want to be successful. There it is. You're doing great. You're on your own radio show. I'm not on HBO, though. Or you might say radio. <laughs> same word very similar word yes uh well that's what crashing is about in a lot of ways is the things that we don't want to happen to us yeah. end up propelling us where we want to go i don't want where we need to go right so my wife in a lot of ways i think probably knew that our relationship was wrong and she couldn't she told me this kind of when we were breaking up but this is in real life that she didn't have the heart to like break up with me. So she had an affair. It was like an easier way to like really kind of, it was like shooting me instead of stabbing me 12 mm -hmm. times. <laughs> right, you know what right. I mean? yeah, it's yeah. like an old yeller approach. Like yeah. I'm gonna take the old boy back in the back. So then you look at it and you're like, I never would have asked for that. I never thought that that's how my but life was gonna go. she did you a go. favor. But then not just success, just like f figuring out who I was. Because once I was, a, I got married when I was 22. I didn't mm -hmm. know what I was. So I was locked into this idea. I almost was playing a character. Right, Like right. being a false person. Like, right. okay, I'll be the young husband. She leaves. And then you meet guys like Artie. And it's, this is in real life. And you're like, oh, especially comedians. They know how to be themselves. They know how to be honest about what they want and who they are. And that's what the show is, is about. And you wouldn't have got that. Or felt that, or Absolutely. grown in that way without so the experience. So anytime my wife comes up, I'm always like, if she saw the show, I hope she liked the show. I, I try. If she's definitely seen the show. I don't know. Or she, she's very well Please. aware of it. She's, she's she, seen the show, or either she's seen the show and feels happy for you, or seen the show and just turns it off in disgust. <laughs> either <Yeah>. way. <laughs> I think we 
we did a I was very careful with her the character that was mm-hmm. not her but inspired obviously by real life events my wife on the show played by Lauren Lapkus I really did a lot of work trying to make it completely understandable why she cheated on me and like almost you're quietly rooting for her to get out of this saccharine false relationship right so if my ex did see it, I would hope that she would appreciate that I didn't make her because I could have. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it yeah, wouldn't yeah. have been interesting to make her like some yeah. villain. Got it. Got well, it. You're uh, you're remarried now. I just got married. And you you proposed in a hot air balloon, I Captain got... Romance. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> Captain Romance. Yeah, yeah. We didn't when we wanted to get higher. We didn't drop sandbags. We dropped my feeling of superiority to other men. Oh yeah. <laughs> would you like to fly in my beautiful balloon? Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, you didn't wow. know we, we break into song. That's in incredible. Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so you're in a hot. I've never even been in a hot air balloon. Ever. No, I hadn't either. Oh. She. This was this was a kind of a baller move in that my wife, my when she was my girlfriend, mentioned that she always wanted to be in a hot air balloon. Thank you for this. And I was like, let's do it. <laughs> Turns out it's a terrible idea because there's another guy. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you, it's like the biggest night. This is the biggest day of my life. Yeah. I get in the basket. With my uh, wife-to-be, I ha- I'm wearing my one sport coat. I got the ring bulging in my pocket. And then, of course, there's, like, this fucking man's man that gets in. That's- hey, what's going on? How you doing today? Exactly. <laughs> he, he was like a Ben Affleck character. He had, like, a Carhartt jacket with scuffs on it. <laughs> he kept calling everything gay. This is right, real. Right, right. Biggest day of my life. He kept being like, that's Janet Jackson's ranch. She's fucking gay. <laughs> Over there, I used to work at that deli. It's fucking gay. <laughs> fucking I'm gay like, deli. Dude, you pilot a balloon. Yeah. <laughs> a rainbow balloon. This is not a gay balloon. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very manly balloon. This balloon fucks up all the yeah. balloons. So I, I, I froze up wow. and just said, Val, I'd be honored to call you my wife. Well, that's congrats, man. That's great. <laughs> and then he said, that's kindly. fucking gay. And yeah, he goes, that's kind of fun. No, you know what he said? I thought he was going to say congratulations. He goes, a lot of girls say no. <laughs> That's romantic. what he said. That's so funny. Because one girl said uh, yes in the basket. We landed. Said no. Said no. <laughs> Unbelievable. So that was a real day. Dude, well, it's a pleasure to meet you. Man. I, My you pleasure. Gotta come yeah. back again, man. Eat your protein bar. I will. I will. Be <laughs> your weird ethnic minutes. mix. Thank I like you, thank that. You. Uh, March fourth, the is the uh, finale, right? Wait. Yeah, this yeah, Sunday, yeah. ten thirty p.m. Seven thirty. If uh, you have HBO, you can watch HBO Go. You can watch the East Coast feed at seven thirty. For all things Covino and Rich, follow us at Covino and Rich on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Covino and Rich, for a look behind the velvet rope of interviews and more, much more on Faction Talk 103. On the Goldbergs, there was an episode where the daughter Erica, who I think is hot, I think she's a good-looking girl and talented. There's in real life, there's something hot and talented about her. The girl that plays Erica Goldberg, the 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 she's sister, hot. she got nice cheeks in those '80s stonewashed tight jeans. There's an episode where she ends up hooking up and like kissing some loser guy. You know the loser saxophone guy with like the m- m- ponytail and the glasses. I don't oh. think I've gotten there yet. He. Uh, I took a break on the Goldbergs, but I still like it. There was an episode. Where they were all obsessed with the band Rush. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean Were they slapping the bass, man? Slapping the bass. There's been movies. There have been TV episodes. And there have been people in our life. 
that we've met. My college roommate. I used to call him Stinky Pete. My boy Pete Mosca was getting married. Yo, shout out to Pete Mosca. If you're in that Hackensack, New Jersey area, that's my dude. I never give him shout outs. Stinky Pete. Fucking love Stinky Pete. One what? of my favorite people on the planet. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, someone I don't connect with enough, but I, I love him dearly. We lived together in college. Motherfucker was obsessed with Creedence Clearwater and Rush. So every Man. fucking day he was playing Rush. <laughs> Spot, you remember a guy we worked with at SNY? Craig. Loved Rush. Loved Rush. Loved Rush. Like, there are people that hear that first riff from Tom Sawyer. On a Flashback Friday, you remember that shit you can get at a bodega to make you high called Rush? You just sniff it and it makes you high? No. Really? Yeah, kids in high school used to do that. Remember that shitty channel we were on? That was called Rush. I think it was. Just kidding. But just that 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 first riff, it gets there's some people that get so fired up. And I think my, my my question more is where do you put Rush and how do you even categorize Rush? Because there's people that are fanatical about the band Rush. I feel like every episode or TV show that has to do with the band Rush as like the side story. I know why you don't like them. No, I, I didn't it's say I don't same, like them. It's the same reason I, I kind of can't get into them. Well, hold on. I didn't say I don't like them. I'm saying they're always painted out to be so uh what, what like uh, such a niche audience but the people that love rush are fanatical and i'm not quite sure what that how to how to connect the dots on rush rush are to here's the thing they're for like real music fans who are way into the musicality of the band because they have the most legendary drummer, maybe of all time, one of the most le- one of the most legendary drummers, Neil Peart, and Geddy Lee is a, a magical bass player. So again, from a musicality standpoint, people love Rush, but you know they don't resonate with with me because I wasn't a more of a Getty, I wasn't that big of a Geddy Lee kind of guy. But, and they're Canadian. But band. what I'm saying is, when you say Rush, yeah. I guess one of the words I'm trying to use also is polarizing. Because some people are like, yeah, I don't give a shit at no, all. I, I don't, I don't, I respect them for the, like, again, the musicality, but it's not something that I'm into. And that's why I'm saying part of me feels like I'm the weird one here because I'm sort of Luke. Getty Lee's kind of a nerdy looking guy. I'm sort of lukewarm on the band Rush, where I feel like most people, like, we're getting feedback of people saying, I fucking love Rush. And other people saying, Fuck Rush is awful. They're, they're very, there's something polarizing about the band Rush. My, my views are so from an ignorant place, though. As a kid, I used to, I used to confuse Getty Lee and Rush with REO Speedwagon. I'm not even kidding you. That would probably not make a Rush fan happy. So I know. But I was a kid, okay? I was, I was into Rock of Fire Explosion. I was into the Showbiz Pizza Place. I was into the Fats, the uh, Gorilla Keyboard Player. But, so, so for me as a kid, I'd see Rush, and I used to confuse them with REO Speedwagon, and I used to think REO Speedwagon as a kid were the weakest things ever. So as a kid, I thought Ariel Speedwagon was weak. So therefore, Rush in my mind, I never really gave a chance. But it comes from a child, childish mentality. Think of if you've seen the episode of Goldbergs that I'm talking about, the Rush episode. It's from yeah. season three. Yeah, I'm not into that. If you think of the movie I Love You, Man, with Paul Rudd and his love for Rush. When you think of... I think another Paul Rudd movie, isn't it? Wasn't Role Models? Wasn't he obsessed with Rush? Or was that Kid? No, that was Kiss. When you think of our buddy Craig, who we worked with when we did the TV show. Obsessed, yeah. Anyone that's obsessed with Rush is very quick to want to sit you down and be like, no, no, you don't get it. Yeah, you don't get it. But you know why, though? Rush! At the end of the day, no one really uh, influenced you on them along the way. 
You know, for me, I feel that that's why. Like, no, nah, well, I didn't come from a rush family, rush, or a rush circle. Rush, so fans. no one really pushed them on me. I never got into them, and they they don't resonate that much. But is it Can- I'm sure there's a lot of Canadians that listen to the show that grew up on a fucking daily diet and dose of rush. Rush enthusiasts will try to sell you and preach to you. And they're rock and roll hall of famers. Oh yeah, no, but they they will they will they right? will try yeah. to they will try to preach and they will try to convince you that. If you don't think they're the greatest, where's your musicality? I want to take some phone calls. Let's see. Like Rush is the jazz music of rock. Uh, Is the jazz of rock music. Rush is a perfect example of what happens when you combine three virtuoso musicians. They are Canadian national treasure. That's from Alberta. You guys need to uh, rock a mullet like Rush. No, you, you need to rock a mullet to like Rush. I fucking hate Rush. That's from Armstrong. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the Getty Lee voice, like in his little mousy fucking ways back in the eighties. I think he he actually, uh, from a superficial standpoint, sort of grew into his look. Like was was better looking as he got older, but as a young dude, he was a fucking creep. He looked like uh, Bono, Bono <laughs> on crack. Our boy uh, Green Optimist said he never pissed his dad off more as a child. Than when his dad was playing Rush, loving it, he said, "Dad, this ra- this lady singing on the radio sucks." Yeah, I know. You almost said he almost got grounded. His dad was that offended. I, I bet you're not my son. It's it. You know, I do hear you on that though. There's the it, the passion level for Rush is through the roof for the people that like I it. Think that's people my, who don't are just like, I think that's my yeah, point. I, th- I okay. think I think no one's a lukewarm Rush fan. You're either you either love Rush or you think they're fucking awful. Yeah, like I don't get fired up about them. If I hear Tom Sawyer on the radio, I'll let it play. I'm not like I don't hate it. Like I, you know, when I hear Sticks, I kind of hate it. If like my my dad of all people hit me up yesterday playing Mr. Roboto in the background, and I'm like, Dad, you like that song? <laughs> I can't. I like Sticks to me sucks sucks nuts. Our boss Don. Yeah, I know. Loves. I know. I know. Sticks. So I say that real real kindly. Uh, uh, Pensacola saying they have a unique sound that has such. It was a very such s- space like for the time. A unique sound that has such a, a draw to certain <laughs> people. <laughs> Meanwhile, Donnie said, "I'm from Canada. I wouldn't give a fuck if Rush was standing next to me right now." Oh wow! I'm surprised. I thought you guys were all about Rush. To guess who His and Our Lady Peace is repulsive from yeah. Washington. That's the thing. So you either you either jive with it or you don't. I like Ario Speedwagon better. Could be no. You're right. Yeah, well, I thought they That's were. I threw them all in the same category, you know. So I didn't like them at the time. Uh, Providence said when he was in co- in school in the '90s, the band nerds were into Rush, and they said other people just don't get it. You know what it was? I didn't get it. I'm not gonna lie, because I I I I was coming from a again a, an immature standpoint. We're like, hey, I don't think they're cool, but I wasn't giving their music a real listen. Oh, here's a good trivia question for you. No, Armstrong saying Cavino used to work with all the Stern people. Isn't like Scott the Engineer or Ronnie or who? Isn't one of them way into Rush, like Richard or someone? It's probably when I left the conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like they, they're a fanatics. And uh, what do you want to say? They're wanna... also into Tan Mom, and I'm not. So that is true. Yeah. Take away this. It might not be for you because the voice is a little eesh, and 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 this, the music's a little bit of but. As far as reputation and just musicality, Neil Peart, they say, is the greatest. Getty Lee's bass lines, you know? The shampoo, not so much. When you have the greatest, when you have when you have the greatest drummer, maybe, in, of all time in your band, you almost have to, res- you don't have to like them, but you almost have to respect them. I always, I always thought the greatest drummer was Animal from the Muppets. 
He's pretty good. I liked, uh, oh, what was his name? Duke somebody. He was in the Rockfire Explosion. Yeah. Duke LaRue, my favorite drummer. Duke LaRue. Um, Mark the Animal what do, you think about, what do you think about Rocket Dog's analogy, his comparison that Dave Matthews Band, similar style fan to Rush, you either, like, you love Dave Matthews, or you're I mean, like, yeah. I, no, I think the only comparison would be passion levels, right? Yeah, p- passion levels? Maybe, yeah. Like, my buddy Jeff's wife has seen Dave Matthews, like, 50 times, and I'm like, slow down. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, there's no, yeah, yeah. But d- d- Dave Matthews has that fan base. I know. Rush was on Robin Sparkles Beneath the Music. Oh, <laughs> were they? They are Canadian. Yep. They are Canadian. Uh, Kavino talking drummer Stuart Copeland from the police. Hands down. How about Alex Van Halen, bro? The double bass pedals. All right, well, anyway, uh, it's the show. You know, that was on our list of things to discuss. That's our Flashback Friday 1980s discussion from the Rock of Fire explosion to Rush. I, I'm going. If I had a chance to see one or the other, I'm going to see Rockfire Explosion from Showbiz Pizza Place. But uh, you know, Rush. You said you saw this episode yesterday, right? Yeah. The Goldbergs. Yeah, yeah. They're they're they have some of the greatest musicians ever. So you're gonna get well greatness out of it. They insinuated that. But either it's gonna hit you or not. They insinuated that the music is mesmerizing, which is why the hot chick was hooking up with the loser that introduced her to Rush. So some loser guy introduced the hot chick to Rush, and she's like, oh, my God, and just uncontrollably just starts making out with the loser because Rush sort of mesmerized her. Does that make it a sense? I'm trying to think. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not that into him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we do We do remember. Oh, here's the, here's the part. But it's Here, quite possible here's that the, I just uh, di- didn't get it. Here's the part from the Goldbergs that I was talking about. Yeah, spot. You ready to step into the musical cocoon and emerge a rock and roll butterfly? Just okay. play it so I can be proven right. moment my sister's mind unlocked as she was ushered into a world of prog rock <laughs> that's great it's funny it's a cool it's song it's an attraction in more ways than one. Oh my god i don't even know what's happening right now oh my this is a terrible mistake one you'll make again don't tell anyone i could promise that i won't but i definitely will there's one thing you should know about me i'm painfully honest you're a fox, but you also wear too much makeup like a clown. See? So she made out with a Back young Eddie Trunk? She, she made out with a, a, like a young weirdo-looking guy because, because of Rush. Right, right. And Spot, slap at a bass. That was the whole Paul Rudd obsessed, right? Yeah, the whole, people the, the people whole, love it. Yeah. People love the Rush. Sid and I have gotten pretty good at a couple of Rush songs. What do you mean, like fast-paced rock? No, like Rush. Like the band Rush. I don't know them. The Holy Triumvirate. The- Wait, you don't know Rush? No. You tell, you don't know Rush the no. band? Mm-mm. Exit the Warrior today's Tom Sawyer. No. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna hit you up with a little iTunes action. <laughs> you do it that high when you do it? Well, in, in real life I do it low, but airbase works best up here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what I look like when I jam out, man. When I jam with my bass. <laughs> Slap at the bass, man. Slapping the bass. How, how did that dumb line become like the f- the funny line from I don't that movie? Know, but I, I wanted to choke you in spot back in 2009 when? when you went to see it and you came back saying it the next day. Slapping the bass. Yeah. Slapping the bass. Mom. I wanted to choke both of you guys. Yeah. All right. Uh, so there you have it. <laughs> Still choke worthy, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Slapping the bass. Rashida Jones. Don't mind.
if I do. Cleopatra Jones. There you go. Yeah, she was on our show, man, and that girl was fun. I think I could have. Lay her down. Rashida Jones. Aaron in, I'm sorry, Eric in Texas. Eric, what's up, bud? Hey, Eric. Hey, guys. How's it going? What's up, man? Hey, I just want to talk a little bit about the 80s music. Um, you know, when Rush came on, the first time I ever heard Rush, I was like, this is the craziest shit I've ever heard. Like, you don't, you, you can't put into perspective, I guess, because of the style of music that was around then. Like, I get there was it. nothing else like it. Right, right. For, right. Okay. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, you know, I like, I love Tom, Tom Sawyer, you know, but I, I can't get past those few songs that I know. The best of Covino and Rich on Faction Talk 103. I saw online that the college I went to, the college I attended, is at an all-time high for tuition. It's not just my college. It's across the board spot where you went, Covino, where you went, where anyone went to college or, as the Canadians say, university. Things are at such an unrealistic price that they say there's got to be a bubble, right? Spot that eventually this just can't go on. No. Syracuse University, where I where I attended, they're saying right now for it's a like three hundred thousand dollars for a four like a, for a four year education because <laughs> starting next year they're saying the tuition plus room and board everything a student would need for a year of college weed Syri- money Syri- Syri- weed money some booze late night dining hall uh, eighteen thousand dollars a semester for books. Books, yeah. Everything. All that combined, they're saying, has now exceeded $70,000 a year at Syracuse. Damn. What? 70 spot. What? And that's in the, I mean, that's in the, that's more on the high end. I mean, but there's there's schools that are more expensive. But 70000 When I was there, it was way overpriced. And I got, you know, I got some, some loans, but I also got some financial aid and stuff like that. I think when I was at Syracuse, it was in the 30s. And that was considered... Yeah. Preposterous. Yeah, like, that's just ridiculous. Thirty something thousand dollars a year. And I remember if I didn't get student uh you know, uh some scholarships and student aid and stuff like that, and my my grandmother didn't help out a bit, I would never have been able to go there. And it was in the thirties, and that was considered preposterous. You went to college in the thirties? Yeah, Damn, yeah, you're fucking old. I'm old. Damn. But I, what that I'm saying is, it. what I'm saying is, where will things be? Was Jim Ramsey the uh, professor? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> professor Ramsey taught uh you know sports marketing. Rich went to college. College in the future. Here's my question for you guys. College versus trade school versus no college versus community college? Where, where do you think things will lead? Because without financial aid, without scholarships, I, I talked to Drew Mack the other day. I said, yo, if one of your kids gets a scholarship nowadays. You mean Mr. Ring Boy 2018? Oh, Drew Mack, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Ring Boy. I said to Drew Mack. Based on the college prices for private schools and state schools, if your kid gets a full ride, you should you may as well buy your kid a Tesla and give them a down payment for their house because they've saved you and your family and everyone involved hundreds of thousands yeah, of dollars. That's, that's just like, ridiculous, the pressure man. on a kid. That's I mean, why people I'm not are not pr- making that decision anymore. I'm not it doesn't saying, make sense. I'm not saying pressure your kids. But pressure your kids to get a fucking scholarship. You or go uh, to a trade school. Yeah, but the, the thing is, not every state has the proper trade schools. But you're right. I've I see people saying electricians, plumbers, jobs that pussy ass millennials don't want to do. Yeah. You That's can my make, brother-in-law does. He went to a trade make, school in New Jersey, and he now uh, he does solar panels. He that works for like 
energy con- conservation out here uh, in California. Now, you know, uh, ele- making sure houses are air- energy sufficient and everything else. Electricians, plumbers, these blue-collar trade school type of jobs, you could end up making six figures and you end up paying ten, twenty thousand dollars maybe total for the trade school, where truthfully, and I and I'm a guy that went to school for communications. What a waste of fucking time and money. Unless the unless you're lucky and the outcome works out. What happens? Four years later, you're like, I got a degree. And by the way, to tie and you're this you're hundreds in, of thousands of dollars in debt. To tie this all together, there was a guy on Shark Tank that came up with an app that filled you in on all the possible scholarships that you qualify for because that's like the hardest part about it there's like thousands of them but you don't know where they are and if you even apply to that you know and and there are now apps thanks to again shark tank and and other innovators out there who've created ways for you to seek these opportunities because it's almost impossible to make it happen remember you used to have to do it through like brochures brochures. i'm like (laughs) oh sure yeah i'm gonna do that you think you know i'm gonna fucking rummage through all these pamphlets to find out these random and there's random there's thousands of potential scholarships that you can have to help you out but how do you find them well there are ways now thanks to like i said apps that i've seen on shark tank yeah um but three hundred, almost three hundred thousand dollars, just to get a college education when you can't even find a job afterward. When you do the simple math, it's not worth it. Doesn't add up. People who went to trade school over the last decade have jobs and money now. People that went to college, they're broke. I bet in debt, well, living in their parents' basement. I bet there, there's there's a they're saying there's like a shortage of people willing to do like actual trade work, like. There's a shortage of plumbers, a shortage of, a shortage of electricians, because everyone wants to go into these like I could be way prestigious off. industries. I could be way off, but someone said that plumbers and like top plumbers, bank. they could they could charge fifty, a hundred bucks a call, per hour per call. And yeah, but people, maybe it goes back to what Chris Rock says in his new special, how like you know we've we've brainwashed all of our kids to think they're super special, and he was saying that's bullshit because there's I see a bunch of Uber drivers here right now. You know, maybe, you know, we filled so many kids' heads up with, you know, you could do anything you want or you could do anything you you, you, you want to do that they don't want to like take I, these other routes or take these realistic options of being a plumber when, in fact, you can make a good living doing that. Yeah, without a doubt. I love to watch uh, PBS on the weekends, uh, This Old House, one of my favorite shows. Uh, Mike Rowe actually has a organization where he, like, you know, reaches out to young kids and tries. Yeah, to they're guide called the, the micro machines. The micro machines. They try. He tries so and dumb. guides guides them into <laughs> so this dumb. industry because there is a. Uh, you know, as time goes on, you're going to find less and less people going into this industry, which means prices are going to go up. So, they're trying to get more and more young people involved in these not so glamorous industries. Yeah, these young kids got to be willing to do the dirty jobs. Jamie in Boston, who's a blue collar type of guy. Jamie in Boston said his best friend did trade school for carpentry. Paid a few thousand dollars for the carpentry school, four years, worked for a small company, then he went on to own his own company, paid off his house already, while other friends are buried in six-figure debt. Yeah. I'm thinking of and here, I guess, school. I guess Me the too. lesson, the lesson to be, be learned. But the lesson, uh, Karen Carpenter? I want to be a carpenter. Do you have the, vo- do you have the falsetto and the uh, vibrato? Why do birds suddenly appear oh. every time? Oh. No, I don't. You don't have maybe to. someday I'll be a carpenter. Maybe. I want to be one of her goofy brothers and sing background. I always wanted to be a carpenter. Like Jesus and Karen Carpenter. You just always wish Bob Vila was your dad. Yeah. 
Dad? <laughs> way, um, what, a, what a tragedy. Karen Carpenter. She was so talented. Fucking angel. What happened to Karen Carpenter? She's anorexic. From anorexic. Really? I didn't know how she died. Yeah. That's a bummer. Hey, uh, I've read a lot of feedback about it. Let's get to I the phone Rich calls. doesn't know anything. I made, a, I made a fucking Jackie Gleason reference the other day. Rich had no <laughs> idea what the fuck I was talking about. You make old guy references. It's not old guy. Your girlfriend, your girlfriend must be lost. Doesn't matter. She thinks I'm the funniest guy going. She's like, where does he get this from? Can I'm we, like, can I don't we, know. The honeymooners? Kavino said, hardy, har, har, har. Something the other day ago. I said, har, har, har. Hardy, har, har. Like, then, Where'd you get that from? And I, and I forgot for a second. It was like honeymooners. Like, oh, yeah, okay. You forgot. You never even fucking heard it. I know, to, know. I know to the moon. He's one of the most iconic TV personalities yeah, of all time. Okay. You never heard har, hardy, har, har? Ever? You're the greatest guy. All right. Your phone calls. College. I'm a little super guy. Trade school, community college, no college. Before we go to the phone calls, I just want the lesson to be learned here. Don't you think would be... Take an active, not not an not an annoying role in your kid's life, but take take an active role in your kid's life to look at realistic options for their future. Meaning, if your kid is an average student with no direction as far as academics, like I don't really know what I want to be when I grow up. No. Four-year liberal degree college nowadays just seems like a foolish yeah. idea. Well, tomorrow's career day. You know, it's Dr. Seuss week throughout the country but, for kids. But what I'm saying, well, hold on, let me finish. So it, you should dress up your little kids as uh, fucking little landscapers or something. Make it realistic. Get their put their priorities and dreams, and you know, especially if they're Mexican, in more realistic fucking place. Don't like, don't let, uh, don't let your kids, uh, don't shoot down their dreams. But I think you should make realistic goals with them. And and try to be an active participant in that situation because you just don't send the kid to college just because anymore. Think about it this way: what made a college degree imp like what made it good back in the day? Not everyone had one. hanging it up. If everyone had one, I just had this vision of framing it and putting it on the wall. Yeah, but if everyone has one now, now in my garage is somewhere. it valuable? It, it, why why do baseball cards? Uh, why were they not valuable in the eighties and nineties? Because everyone had them. Yeah. Everyone had a... I have a Barry Bonds rookie. Yeah, every fucking 13-year-old kid has a Barry Bonds rookie. So what does Barry Bonds rookie card have? No value. If every kid has, well, I have a four-year degree and I'm in, I'm in debt. Yeah, guess what? Every kid has a four-year degree and they're in Do debt. Do you have a skill? That's the, that's the difference. Hey, maybe look at where the skill is if you're open to that idea. And I'll be honest, if you're looking to get into comedy, acting, music, stuff like that, I think the idea of going to college because your parents are like, but you should go to college... It, it's old. I, I think. I think like it's going going after your dream and using the resources to pursue your dream might be a better choice, right? If you yeah. want to be a singer and you really take it seriously, fucking put your dick on the table and go for it. Don't be like, I'm going to go to college and try to become a singer. Because that's what's the point of going to college and trying to become a singer? What's up, Nick? Yeah, the thing with music schools, I've noticed because I know a lot of people that go to music schools is they're really just focused on teaching you how to teach music, and that's it. Not actually getting careers. Like, I know people that make less than me in music, and they're hustling, and they've spent all this money to go to, like, University Arts and Philly's a big one, and they come out of it just kind of disappointed that they have to just do the same hustle that I did just going to community college. I went to Juilliard. Oh, yeah, where are you working now? Panera Bread. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> no, but this true. is how I talk because I went to Juilliard. Yeah, so I, I mean, you're right. It, it's, they, uh, they, they just come out of the schools uh, feeling cocky, but they're still doing the same auditions that... You don't have to go to school to do. Yeah. Right. How do, you, how do you there's, get a career in that uh, field? If you, if you want to be an actor, which is a fucking tough and really almost impossible goal, but if you move out to Los Angeles to go to some acting university and take all these classes and do all this at a college, 
take, they, they have classes that you can take that are legitimate acting classes. You don't need co- the whole. But I'm classically trained. The whole idea yeah. of college, give me a break on that stuff. The whole idea of college is tough. But but here's the other thing, Spot. Community college, yes. way cheaper option. But I always wondered, how do you motivate a teenager to apply themselves to the highest level? If they know at the end of the day they're going to be in the same community college as the fuck up, my, my, do you get make sense? Like, like if you're involved in every extracurricular, you you score well in your SATs and ACTs, you have a great GPA, you're involved in sports and theater and this and that, and then no matter what, you end up at Dinkelman Community College. You got to be a really motivated kid to be okay with that. No, Dinkelman Community College has a good uh, <laughs> has a good teaching program. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I I know that when the time comes and and my kids are you know graduating high school and ready to go off to college, I'm going to say to them, "Do you know what you want to do?" And if they say no, you're going to pop you're, them. You're going to pop them in the mouth. I'm going to pop them in the mouth, <laughs> and I'm not going to send them to a school until they if they want to become an engineer. Of course, I'm going to send them to college. Right. I'm going to I'm going to find a good school that allows them to become an engineer or a doctor or whatever. If they want, if they're like, I don't know. I got no clue, Dad. I got no clue. You know what? Figure it out, and then I'll send you to college. I'm not going to let you waste two to three years of college <laughs> and then decide to choose a major and then spend another two and three years in college. Yeah. Spending my money. It's tough. It's, it's weird. I, I just think the, the – the, Well, I, I can come to this from uh, from someone who went to school. and went to the same school. Went to the same school, and I have dual degrees in journalism and theater. Acting, and I can tell you right now. First of all, you don't. Hey, are need you it. in the, are you in the new Hamilton? No, you're not. You're <laughs> no, here. You're sitting with no, us. Exactly. So you, a, a degree in theater. <laughs> yeah, but like, he's, he's pretending he likes you though. I know nothing. <laughs> uh, other than the only the only thing that a degree in acting or theater or whatever does is it gives you connections with your professors. That's it. That's it. Other than that, anyone to to learn the stuff I learned in acting class. Basically, you could learn it from YouTube videos. Yeah, or you could take a class for $500 here in L.A. and exactly. uh, be like, oh, Johnson Studio of the Arts. Right. Well, I went to community college still just for two years, and I still got the same music networking that ultimately led to the job yeah. I had in a much cheaper school. That's uh, Nick DeRico and uh, Jake chiming in on the millennial mic. as Cavino and Rich spot the producer on the phones at 866-969-1969. Sorry, should probably quick. go to the phones. Real quick. Uh, like, look at my brother. My brother has, uh, you know, his careers have been all over the place. Uh, this is J-Rock. But he wanted to go into radio, and he went to one of those schools that's like a radio school, you know, Connecticut School of Broadcasting, one of those radio schools, learned the basics, and now he's doing what we went to four years of college for. Yeah. And you could argue they didn't mean to go there. You didn't even know good either go there. If you yeah. have talent, you can do it. When you said Connecticut School of Broadcasting, I sort of rolled my eyes a little bit. I know. Artie Lang went there. That was his uh, big... Our boy, our boy Nico went thing. to a school like that. Really? Yes. I All mean, right, you got to get your foot in somehow. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you need to graduate. The only bummer, though, I've worked with a lot of people along the way in this industry uh, that once they got hired, the no, but once they got hired and they got their foot in the door, even at the smallest of levels, I, they they stopped going to school because they are, were already getting their start in the field. And I don't want to knock college. Either do I. I think that we gained an experience from college that you don't get if you don't go. That's but. The cost benefit is slowly, yeah. you know, the the cost yeah, is not weighing what you're getting out of it. Think of that debt without you're a doubt. With. Hey, there's two points I want to make, and then I'll shut up and take all the phone yeah, calls. I know. P- point one. Um, Stand hold, please. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just have to make these two points before I forget. Point one is that 
sadly, a lot of major companies, publicly traded companies, and and people where you get your foot in the door through internships will only let you intern for college credit, right. which is a bummer because you can't be like, well, I want to do, I want to work in marketing. Well, wh where's your college? You have to be in college. But then you can just. Sign up for a community college and get a couple credits. Gotcha. Um, Which is how I got my start. A priceless opportunity. And secondly is I do value that college experience, but you know what? It's not worth it based on the numbers you're yeah. seeing now. You, but but I do think living in a dorm, living in a house with fellow students, doing your own laundry, paying your like taking care of your own day-to-day -day finances and budgeting and living on your own, I find that very valuable for someone 18, 19, 20 right. years old. I think, I think living at home with your parents at that age disables you a bit, but not for $70,000 a year. Like, Rich, you went to Syracuse University, prestigious uh, university in the broadcasting realm. But tell me. The jobs you've gotten, have any of them been a result of going to Syracuse University? You could argue not the classes, not the, the whole thing, but even the name. I worked at my like college radio. Like, I worked at my college radio station, which maybe I wouldn't have worked at if uh, I, yeah, it's like, okay, yeah, it's like yeah. a, I don't know. It's like a weird thing because you're right. Like, did I learn anything? Did Syracuse not University learning? Teach just me like something? I don't know. Not even learning, just the name. Like, yeah. uh, like no one was an alum, alumnus of uh, University of Maryland and got me my job. All right, let's go. Let's let, let's, uh, let's go through Sorry, these phones. A lot of people. Uh, we'll start with Jessica in Oregon. Hey, Jessica. Hey guys. Um, so I have a couple of examples of bad things coming from going to college. Um, one, so I, I used to work at a Walmart, pray for my soul, a long time ago. And uh, I would say 50% of the people working there had college degrees, uh, including uh, the person uh, that I was friends with that worked there that was a cashier, and she had a, a, a degree in library sciences, and that's where she ended up, which is really really depressing well, sounds um, like a pointless degree yeah you know you gotta factor that in too you know jessica something i noticed long ago as well when you have part-time jobs you know what happens you realize that everyone it college becomes an ego thing too and you got to check your ego at the door people have a four-year degree and they can be making no money when i worked yeah. at wendy's when i was 17 years old i remember the manager at wendy's was some guido that never went to college but you know what he did he was hustling the ranks of Wendy's, and he was like the the regional guy that ran like three stores, and he was like probably in his twenties. And I remember him being like, "You know, I make like seventy grand." And he was fucking the manager of Wendy's. Cavino's brother, Tudmaster Tommy, was like, "Yo, bro, I think I want to do something I love." Meanwhile, he had your buddy Gus saying, "Yo, work for me, doing house appraisals and stuff like that." And I could have you making six figures in the next five years. So yeah, he took the apprentice route. Now he's yeah. trying to get you know pass this test so yeah. he could do uh, appraisals himself, I think and then he, hopefully make some real money. I think high school guidance counselors, the mindset of go to college, get a four year degree, and you'll get the job of your dreams is a fucking fairy tale. Oh, by the way, this this fairy no, it's tale a, it's a fairy tale that is, we're all but buying it's into. Been a, it's been around for a while now, but right? Than, it wasn't now, adding up, but now when you uh, when you look at the numbers, they yeah. they've skyrocketed it, even more, it, and that's why we bring it up. It didn't even necessarily add up. 10, 20 years ago when we were in college, it certainly does not add up now. So you could see why people are are, are shaking their head at college. And, and, and Rich is right. I think the bubble will burst and, and changes will be made. And it's going to happen when kids start saying, well, fuck it, I'm not going then. You know, uh, tuition's too high. I'm not leaving with all this debt. And again, not a new problem, but even more of a problem when you, when you see the numbers now. Let's go to Steve. Or actually, Tim in Arizona. Hey, You're Tim. on the show. I know exactly what's going on with trade. 
Phoenix is one of the largest cities to have trade schools. They are pumping out graduates at a high rate and flooding the market with too many people. Those people that are graduating are lowering their self, themselves to get a job. The market is downing itself. You're getting the lowest of a low. You know why, Tim? Because we've lowered our company. standards. No, we've lowered our exactly. standards as a society, and I'll tell you why. And this is the, the end results and repercussions that we're witnessing now. How many guys did you go to college with who fucking didn't belong in college? They, they belonged in a trade school. They were dummies. You know, for the most part. Not that trade schools are for dummies, but Not that trade schools are for dummies, but you know they, what I'm they, talking they, about. They, they're not the type of guy that would be like, oh, I want another four years so, or a master's so degree. So you, you water down what a, what a college degree really means by, you know, accepting everybody just for the, the payday, you know, just for the tuition. When people get out, you realize everybody has one. It's not worth anything. Colleges. And it happened because we accepted too many people. I went to school with so many fucking bozos that should have never been in college in the first place. Even that Montclair, waters even down Mont the degree. Montclair State? Montclair State <laughs> University. It waters down what, what a diploma really means. Hey, I, I do look at it and, Thanks, say, and say that the banks are partially to blame here, right? The banks and the universities and that whole scandal. I say that's the most... That, that's that's the biggest scheme going on that's never really it's gonna blow up eventually schools are able to raise their price you know why because banks are more than willing to say oh you could raise your prices we'll give out more loans to these kids and it's just one big circular scheme the banks do you realize that if the, the university spot wouldn't be able to raise the tuitions if the banks weren't willing to continuously give out these ridiculous loans so the banks and the and the universities in cahoots Allowing this yeah. to just keep going. And lowering the, the standards of, of, of what it really Stan takes to yeah. get in the standards, school. Standards, the backdrop to the bigger scheme of money. And the, the scheme is student loans being so easy to get and banks just saying, yeah, hey, we'll give you more and more and more money. We'll pump up the interest rates when you're after a few years. You know what happens? A kid says, oh, I got into Penn State. I'm going. I got into, I got into UCLA. I'm going. Yeah, but we don't have any money, son, to pay for that. We'll help you, but, uh, oh, don't worry, Dad. Don't worry, Mom. I got a $100,000 loan just like that. You know, like it's, it, loans are so easy. The kids are putting themselves in dumb situations. Todd in Ohio, you're on the show. Covino and Rich, good morning. Gentlemen, how we doing? Good, What's up, man. Bud? Good. Hey, so I, uh, I went through a five-year apprenticeship to be an electrician. I'm a journeyman. been doing this 23 years now. I make seventy grand a year. I initially got a football scholarship. I went to college for one year, and I fucking hated it. Hated it. Quit college, became an electrician. Best thing I ever did. Plus, I love what I do, so that helps. But the college route, it's, it's a fucking money grab these days. You know, I've, I've told my son the same thing. If you want to go to college, go to the military, let them pay for it. You know, otherwise, get in the trade Man, school. No, Think about this. Who really graduates in four years, right? Not too many people. Probably nobody, about five nobody. years. My, my stepdaughter took five years to get a bachelor's Five years. Five my, years. This, five this, years at yes, Syracuse. $350,000 now. That's fucking yes, ridiculous. Yes, You're never going to make that to, in a lifetime, at, at no, the way yeah. jobs are going now. No. She, well, my stepdaughter went to Kent State in Ohio and commuted and put herself through college and stuck a ton of fucking debt. My sister, same thing, Ohio State. Has a master's degree as a teacher. In teaching long enough, an electrician, I make more money than she does. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Well, you Thanks, know, Todd. You know, what, you know what the know what the trick is, Todd? I mean, it's having, not, it's, it's, having a craft and a skill and being not, good at yeah, it. Yeah, no, you're right. Honestly, you a said it, you said it best. Being good at something. We've been tricked, and I'll say it one last time: the fairy tale of go to college for four years and you can do anything you want, come out with a degree and you can do whatever you want. Is what you is can't a, find a job in folklore, it's a, it's dummies. A, it's a fifty-year-old plus fairy tale. 
guy, a guy like Steven Utah, who was here the other day, one of our good buddies, Steven Utah, fucking blue collar guy. He hit me up. He goes, he goes, I didn't go to. You think he's like, I did not go to college. That wasn't my thing. His brother like, Johnny like, did. Johnny like, Utah. I make. I make uh, he makes over six figures doing window work. You know, he he runs a window company. He's like, you people think like, oh, you can only make money doing some type of white collar professional thing, which is a horseshit thing we've been taught. You've been horseshit. taught that. You've been taught that. You're, you but, had, it, but it did apply. You then. growing up in the growing. You know what it is? Growing up in the eighties. I remember. I used to I growing up in the eighties. I used to love this poster. You know what? It's a justification for a higher education. And it was like this mansion with fucking Lamborghinis in the fucking you know front of the house and the sweet ass. Well, was, 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 was that next to your Bono's poster? That was right next to my Bono's poster. And your Cindy, yeah, Cindy, Cindy, uh, Cindy Crawford and her jean jacket poster? Yeah, it was right next to my fucking, uh, as you always say, have a nice day poster. And your uh, Barbie Twins poster. My Barbie Twins but no, poster. But you believe that dream. I go to well, school, I get a higher education, I could live like the Buxtons. No, but you know what? It was I could always, live like Glenn Gullia. No, but it was always some guy wearing a button-down shirt with some office job be, making money. They never said. They don't show the picture of the plumber driving around the truck going back to his sweet house because he makes six figures. You know what they show? The picture of the dude with the suit and tie, like, I'm the man. <laughs> right. like, they, don't yeah. show, they don't show the guy putting together, you know, putting the electric in a fucking new building. Yeah, they, don't show the, tell you what. they don't show the foreman on a construction site. No. My, I mean, look, my dad, blue collar as it gets, you know, he put five kids through school with no debt. and God bless him. And has a beautiful home to show for it. I don't know how the fuck he did it, but he did it. So, you know, there's always those stories. I want to leave you with a quote from one of my favorites way back on a Wednesday. Uh, Clash of the Titans. You must find and fulfill your destiny. Otherwise, I don't know what, what to tell everybody because yeah. yeah, you're, you're faced with some real fucking serious dilemmas. You know, millennials are, are thinking to themselves, I'm going to be a YouTube star. I'm going to be an NBA player. I'm going to make it as a rapper. Uh, or, uh, you know, I'm going to go to college. And, and be somebody, whatever I want. Their minds are filled with with falsehoods, falsities, falsalities. As, as Stephen A. Smith would say. Falsalities. Falsalities. Well, so good luck. Find and fulfill your destiny. As, uh, as the bad guy in Taken would say, good luck. Good luck. The best of Govino and Rich is on Faction Talk. Now, this is an interesting story, too, and this could lead into a discussion, or we could just move on. Frozen 2 is, is coming out, and the director is open to a possibility of Elsa it's, having a female it's, love interest. It's, it's not official. He said he was just open saying, to the idea. I said right there. Open to the possibility. Uh, so, open to the possibility doesn't mean, like Rich said, that it's official. But, is it necessary for a Disney film? I think no. I think no. And I'm, I, and, I'm, and I'm the first person to, quote unquote, be the liberal guy that's okay with anything. I just think that the girl. The, first I, of all, I hate the expression "shoving things down our throats." No, no, that's not what it is. It's, but it's, but it's, it kind it's, of um, is. It's like but, you don't need, right. you don't really need no, that I, well, no, for, it, because I feel like it would be a weirdly altered movie. Meaning, the whole first movie was about. Sisterhood more than oh, a love interest. Completely sisterhood. Elsa yeah. and what is it, Anna? Yeah. Elsa and Anna. If you have kids, you know this movie inside and out. But it's about how their sisterhood and all the catchy songs and kids love it. But Elsa, played by the voice of Kristen Bell. No, wait, or is she Anna? Adina no. Menzel and Kristen Adina Bell. Adina Menzel is Elsa. Yeah. Okay, yeah. The songs are catchy. Kids love it. I'm sorry. 
Adele Dazim. I'm sorry, Adele Dazim. I'm sorry, Adele Dazim. Adele. Adele Dazim is. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Is it's not, Elsa. It, yeah, it's not uh, Adina Menzel. Adele Menzel. Dazim. Adele Dazim. I fucking love Adele Dazim. You think John Travolta was wearing his gold toes when he said that? I don't think so. Adele Dazim. The voice of he uh, confidence. The voice day. of Anna, played by. I'm sorry. The voice of Elsa, played by. Adele Dazim. Adele Dazim. In the movie, they, yeah, it's about sisterhood, but she has a, a male love interest, the fucking dude. The, the prince or king or whatever he is. So you're trying to tell me that out of nowhere she's going to turn lesbian? It would just be a weird twist for a Disney movie. It would be a weird, unnecessary twist for a Disney movie to be like, yeah, she discovered her sexuality and she's a lesbian. I don't yeah, know. If they, and I get the arguments because we've heard them before. Like, hey, a, Beast falls, uh, Belle falls in love with a beast, but we have a problem with lesbianism. No, I, I don't, or whatever. But I'm this, saying if they created... It's not necessary. If you told me they created a new cartoon and it was a, a lesbian princess or a gay prince or something like that, I'd say, okay, right, well, to each his own. They, they're going to... You know, it's there are people that need to be represented. I get that. But, but you know how they changed. But I'm saying to to say here's the storyline of the mo one of the most popular Frozen Disney movies of all time, and now just take the straight female lead character and just uh, throw throw everyone for a loop and say she's a lesbian now. It's just I don't know. You know I just think unnecessary. I'll leave it at that. What's unnecessary? Up, no, she didn't have any love interest in the first who, movie. Who had Anna, her her sister did. Anna did. Anna was. Liking the the prince, Elsa was kind of just on her own. Remember, she just went up. To yeah, she was like freezing the castle and all that stuff. Yeah. Huh. I, I mean, but just just, just having to to worry or bring in sexuality just in general, whether it's right. straight lesbian bi or anything like that. Kids. Why, yeah, she could just be independent. Yeah. She could just not really be, be into dating let, anyway. Let Olaf put that carrot to some use, man. <laughs> Give him some action. Yeah. What about Ol Olaf? Could be a, a Olaf could be the cute little. Uh, Gay snowman. That's right. No, why does he got to be a gay snowman? <laughs> sorry, no, why uh, is it okay. necessary? Not necessary. Like like Brittany said, I'll leave it at that. Is the sexuality of the film really necessary for kids? I don't think so. You know. And if there's families that wanna that in introduce those types of things for their sake of normalcy for their kids or whatever, you know, I'm sure I'm sure there's other cartoons you know that the kids could watch for that stuff. You know, again, it's it's I, I don't know unnecessary. That's all. Do I have do I have a problem with lesbianism? Absolutely not. But is is Disney the place for it? I don't know. I don't think so. Depends on depends on the way you look at it, really. You could say What are the stats? You could say for the give me give me the stats. You could say for the L, you could say for the LGBT community, they want to feel represented in children's programming. Let's say that's the argument, right? Right. Then you could say, well, Somewhere along but it, but, the way, but you know I mean, in real life, right? In real life, you know a heck of you know you know a handful of gay people. So, representing television and cartoons, shouldn't it be a f if you know a few gay people, the argument would be on cartoons, TV shows, movies. Shouldn't there be a few gay people? Yeah, but I, I do. I agree with that. But what I'm saying, like, this but, all but replicates for, real for, life. But for children, though, why sexuality have anything to do with it? Why does it? Not that it has to be. They're not having sex on camera. It's just. But it's still involving sexuality. Yeah, but kids, if you have a kid, if you have a gay uncle, right? Let's say, let's say your brother Tommy was gay. Why do I gotta be gay, yo? Yo, I don't <laughs> like this example, yo. <laughs> let's say your brother Tommy. Why not your brother, yo? All right, let's say my brother Jimmy or your brother Tommy were gay. We're, well, let's say one of them were gay. Yeah. Melody would grow up, or Emmy would grow up, being like, "Yeah, Tom, Uncle Jim likes boys, or Uncle Tommy likes boys." 
They would they would be part of their life. They don't hide. You don't hide your uh, gay relative to your kids. It just becomes part of their situation. Like, hey, mommy and daddy love each other, but uh, Uncle Frank, Uncle Frank, he he cares for Uncle Jim. You know, like you you explain it to them. Uh, that's a it's fine. real life. It's real life. But you need. But do we need uh, cartoons to explain these things to to them, or do we need? But what are cartoons? But, but, but what are cartoons then? What are they? What do you mean? What are they? Only, I don't know. It, no, but, no, but animated. I'm just, uh, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Are cartoons only acceptable for heterosexual people? I know what you're. I know the. I know your argument. Are gay people really offended? No, but are straight people offended? Offended by what? If there's a gay character, not offended. I just don't think it's necessary. There's a big. But why? There's there. gay people in real life. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Like there's I said, also I, fucking Chinese people in real life. How many fucking Chinese people do you see in these things? Uh, maybe we need a new Chinese character. How many? You know what? How, where's all the Mexicans in these fucking cartoons? The fucking I love Coco. Yeah. Okay. So they have one. Where's our Mexican superhero? Not Nacho Libre, as, as, as the meme goes. The Remember me. I saw a meme that was really funny. It said, uh, "Black people are super stoked about their black superhero, Black Panther." What about Mexicans? All we have is Nacho Libre. You know what I mean? Like, so then what? Everybody needs to be represented at all times. Jesus not, Christ! Not, not at all. At all times would yeah. mean every movie. At all times. No, but I'm saying at all times would mean. In every movie, every movie doesn't have a black guy, a gay guy, a white guy, a, a lesbian, a, that a, a Puerto Rican dude. But that's a, the uh, point. That is, that's a how bald things, guy, a man with a beard. That's like, how things are going. Things are misrepresentation because that's not how everything is. Okay, it's not every. When you're hanging out, is there always an, an Indian, a Chinese dude, a black dude, well, and a white guy? No, but hold but on. But if you look on TV, that's what you see. But, all right, spot. You can't uh, appease everybody. Is my point. Most people have a family member, coworker, or friend who's gay. Fact, Finn had yeah. a couple people who were like backwards mechanics. Yeah, a little, guy, maybe a little foofy. Yeah, we, maybe a little foofy. There's a, there's a guy in the next studio that works for Radio Andy. He's gay and he's 20 feet from you in the next studio. So you you have gay coworkers. You have uh, you know people have in the closet or not probably have a gay relative or a gay speaking, neighbor. One of us is gay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I just wonder. I just wonder. We were taking a good look at each other there, guys. I was, I was, I was like, uh, that stopped the show. Yeah. I was like, maybe there's a reason he doesn't like to show his ass because once he shows it, he presents it. No, <laughs> it's just not my style. Uh, That's uh, something you'll never understand. <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a bobo. Uh, let's see. Cartoons are for entertainment. Cartoons are not to teach my children biology and life lessons. Yeah. I, that's, I from, just, that's from Concord, New Hampshire. I just don't think it's the platform. I'm I mean, giving, I don't, I'm just I don't giving, give a fuck. Just, uh, you want to have gay characters on your, just, on your, on your am, TV network show? Then I don't give a shit yeah, about that. This is for kids. I am just telling. But what I'm do you say? But why, why, what do you say if there's a male love interest, love interest, why can't there be a female love interest? Why? I don't know. What do you say, Spot? I don't know. Exactly. No, but I'm asking you the truth. I'm not. I don't think. I don't think confusing a child is is necessary either. I don't know. There's, you know, if you, if the child is, is presented them, with them, or is it confusing them? Or, yeah, because or, or, not or every from, child no, or is from an or, or, or from an early on age saying, "Hey, listen, um, you know, daddy likes women, mommy likes boys." But that's good for that but, family. But, no, but you, but you're, you're a little, you're a little boy. You like little girls, I see, in your class or whatever. But uh, hey, some people like different things. It might actually be a good teaching tool. It might be. Uh, we haven't, you know, had our our studies out there long enough to truly find that. I don't know. I don't think. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just. Looking at it from the other angle and saying, if in real life you have a gay family member or a gay coworker or a gay friend, not every not every main character should be gay, but you know, it's a, you shouldn't ignore that. You shouldn't ignore that 
that in, in, uh, as it, in as it be- entertainment. Yeah, as it becomes more and more an accepted part of society, shouldn't that reflect in cartoons and, and TV shows and all that? Dude, you watch TV shows now. And so who's the gay superhero? No, but you watch. If you can have a Prince Charming, why can't you have a Princess yeah, Charming? But what I'm saying is, all right, fa- rewind, five, ten, re- re- rewind 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Things that were a big deal, you don't even blink your eye at now. I'm watching, uh, you, you can watch a show. And the white girl could be dating a black guy on the show. And it's not even a storyline. It's just life. It's, hey, it's life in 2018. People date different races and cultures. 20 years ago, guaranteed, it would some of these storylines would have been like, on this show, can you believe they have a, a white woman and a black man dating? They're very, they're, they're uh, toeing the line. Times change. Times do change. Uh, I just, again, I, I don't know how many other ways I could say. I don't, I don't know if it's necessary for the masses in that way. Is it helpful for those particular families that want to expose that to their children for the sake of normalcy and what's you know accepted in their household but let's yeah, just put, let's, let's play, let me just give I'm by the way just tr- looking for all angles here that's what I'm trying to do so let me it's ask very you. well maybe a, a a new tool to teach normalcy what, or the new normalcy I, in our society but I don't know that I don't know what a, what a kid would be confused but by let me, let me ask you let me ask you then when people say things like Rocket Dog, uh, he wrote like, that's for my job to do, not in a, not on television and movies and this and that. But movies and telev- television, like that, it's, a, it's what kids watch. It's, it's, a, it's supposed to be like a reflection of, you know, there's stories, right? What are you going to teach your kids differently then? Like, do you, are you, do you want to ignore the gay community so that one day your kid's like, I don't get it? Like, or do you want to tackle it head on and be like, hey, kids, there's different people out there and different ideas and cultures and feelings and... I do. I, I think that's important to do, but I think it's also equally important to not confuse a kid. You know, just let them fucking be. Let them be kids. Do you think, and I'm not saying you, Kavita. I'm trying to so, think, so, of, so, so I'm trying to think of who were the other, uh, the gay cartoon characters uh, we had growing up. Uh, um, Ace and Gary. Ace and Gary. No, Ace and Gary. <laughs> don't, don't, don't be offended, because I'm not saying you. When I'm I saying you, I'm saying- don't no. give a shit. I'm saying the collective you. Go ahead. Do you think- I thought you were talking about you, Darvish. Not true? No, you're not, no not you, Darvish. The collective you. Trying to get on his good side uh, since he signed that fat contract with Chicago. When I talk about the collective... You! You! The collective you. I mean, if there's a gay character, do you think it's going to turn your kid gay? Is that the underlying dumb mentality? Like, well, I don't want to introduce him. It's my job. Like, you think your kid yes. is just going to go against biology I mean, and become gay? That's the mentality. I, yes. I wanted to drop an anvil it, on my yes. sister's head from seeing it in cartoons. Yeah, did you run off a mountain and d- realize that you'd only fall if you looked down? I don't think that. When you ran no, no, out no, no. of no, 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 no. That's not. I think but there are that, some people that think that. But yes, saying, but I don't that, think that's no. that's what for, everyone's for thinking. For anyone that has a problem with it, I'm thinking. Is there an underlying like, well, I don't want my kid to be gay? You know, again, play the stats. You know, just play the stats here. If, I, I, don't, I don't mind the the the, the gay characters. But, like, who are we catering to here? It might also be a thing, too, where the parents may not necessarily know how to present that to their children. Yeah. It might not be that they're afraid of that or unaware or anything, but they might not know how to approach it, or they that might not be how they want to. You know what? I think parents it. parents need to put on their, their big boy and big girl pants and uh, have these real conversations with their kids. And it ties into another story. I'm, not, I'm certainly not changing subjects, but it ties into this article in the New York Post today, parents are now paying experts to have the sex talk with their kids because they don't want to have to. P- p- parents are paying 
therapist to come in on a one-time thing to have the sex talk with their kids because they don't want to do it. Kavina, there's a job for you. So there's birds and there's bees. <laughs> but never let them, first of all, never let them see your acorn. And never let them see your asterisks. And never let them see your asterisks. There are okay? rules. You got that? Uh, wear a condom and to make sure there's no holes in it, fill it up with fill water. Fill it up with water. And, and, and let me tell you, always wear magnums because the ladies, they love the magnums. Okay, Any wait, questions? Wait, wait. No? All That'll right. be $100. Hey, here's, here's the point <laughs> I'm trying to make it statistically. Could be, no, could be no, I'm saying uh, parents are paying experts have sex talks. Parents don't want to confront <laughs> sex talks. So I can see where there's some parents that don't want to have the, by the way, some people are gay talking. Are you, you going to read the, uh, the, again, read this percentage. Gay. Yeah, 3.4% of the population is gay. So that's three out of 100 people. So yeah, we all know gay people. You really and, think and, that? Well, yeah, maybe it's a little higher because maybe some people aren't completely comfortable with it. Yeah, it's possible. Um, you think 3% of the... Really? Yeah, we live in LA, dude. You know, there's the higher gay population here and in New York. We live in like the gayest cities. So yeah, we know probably more than the average people. Well... But that's the, the, my the, point the, is, the, that's like you're reading a perspective from one where there's other no, studies. I knew, that I knew it was low. You no, know? no, no. Yeah, but there's no, a lot of people that don't admit it. They're always skewed. You're reading uh, so, feedback from one of our most conservative listeners that that likes our show yeah, and Andrew I, Wilkow. I knew it was a low percentage. I knew it was something like that. I knew it was like three or four percent, according to the stat. Uh, you know, the story has made headlines. So I'm thinking to myself, from that statistical standpoint, I'm like, then, so why is that so necessary to make this the, the prominent forefront character that's so beloved by all these people? Yeah, if you want to make it accurate, then, you know, look, it's not impossible. Only 3%. But I mean, only, what's, the, only, what's the real agenda here? Only uh, 3 to 8%, and it's varied, 3 to 8% of the public admits to a census report they're, that they're homosexual, but they're saying is upward is 15 to 20% of the public could be homosexual. That's, you know, but I'm saying that I, I think that's a percent of families but, that are that are saying, well, you know, that's not how my family operates. So what, why do I so necessarily need to that, expose my kid to that? Is it that the definition of closed-minded? That's not how my family operates. I don't know. Is it the definition of closed-minded? I think you just defined the definition of closed-minded. That's not how I do things. But that's not necessarily something that you need to bring into your household at that early age for a child. Again, there's so many ways to look at it. Again, and, and you know, not to flip-flop but to reiterate rich's other point and i i do see that as well it might be a great tool most, most who the fuck knows to, going to a gallup poll they're saying uh most experts estimate that in between 10 in between 10 and 20 percent of the population is homosexual 20 being very high estimate 10 being low they think it lies somewhere in the teens of the actual people that admit it and people that are closeted who knows i, mean, I don't know i, I I don't know, dude. I never. I, I always look at it as that I'm a straight man. My my wife's a straight woman. Uh, you know, a couple people here and there, coworkers, friends, family who, who are gay. And if you're raising a kid to make it seem like it's some weird thing you have to explain to them, just makes it. You know when you uh, you know how your mom made a big. It's you know, not that you, weird. You know I'm, I'm pretty mom, certain uh, Melody's been like, yeah, she's got two mommies. I'm, I'm pretty but, sure I've heard but, that. But you're. But I'm saying, uh, you know how you always joke about how your mom made boobs seem like the biggest deal in the world. So the fact that you. We're freaked out about boobs to this day. Like, here you go, boobs, because your mom covered your eyes and everything. I feel like the less you make things a big deal to your kids, they won't harp on it in a weird way. I agree with that a thousand percent. But again, do you need to fucking spoon feed it to them? Maybe start doing this in teen movies where kids are discovering their sexuality. Yeah. That's from Daniel Javier Fee. On the, on the flip side, and I say this to be uh, Al Pacino and Devil's Advocate. Hoo-ah! <laughs> Don't mind if you do. 
I will I will say, you know, it's as, dunk as, now. As, as the father of a daughter, you also don't dunk want your daughters you know? to watch these older Disney movies and, and think that, you know, uh, they need the fucking Prince Charming kiss for their lives to be complete. Yeah. I get it. Like, I, I, there's a million, gazillion, billion ways to look at this okay, stuff. So you could say old school mentality is... Uh, I've already thought about yeah, it. There's old no school, right new answer. School, there's no right... You, you could argue both. You're right. Every, if, I have a daughter, too. Do you think I want my daughter to think the only way she could do well in life it's, is if Prince Charming kisses her and wakes her yeah, up? Yeah, she needs true love's kiss to be complete Fuck in life. Fuck that. You teach your daughter that she can be whatever she wants. But that's like saying, with that same argument... I, I see both goes sides. Goes the gay character argument. I think it is... Uh, I'm talking numbers. I'm saying yeah. there's a bigger fucking. I don't know. It's it's very awkward. I, I I'm torn, lying naked on the floor because I don't know if this is actually with a man or a, a woman. With a woman, because I'm straight. But Uncle, uh, right, Uncle Junio. So that you know, <laughs> I, I'm entitled to my straight guy perspective. Of course as you are. As being as understanding to the you know homosexual perspective as possible. I'm just saying you got to look at the where society's going. To be closed-minded and resist this is, I'm not saying the same exact thing, but it's almost compared to the person that uh, w was resistant to women's rights or black rights or other rights. Like, you don't want to be, do you want to be behind the social curve or do you want to just uh, know what's going on and, and teach your kids to treat people the right way? You could do that all day. Yeah. But, you know, Disney doesn't need to promote uh, that in this way necessarily, or maybe they should. What, is, I, I, what does virtue signaling mean? Virtue signaling. I don't know. Look it up. Spot. Virtue signaling. Yeah, virtue signaling. Jake, look it up. Jake, look it up. Uh, Jason in Tampa. It's a conservative's answer when you try to be open-minded. They like they call you a snowflake or they say something. Like, I they do try hate to, that. They try to insult you for being open-minded. I hate, like it's a I hate weird the thing. snowflake Virtu term. You ready? Yeah. Virtue signaling. The action or practice of publicly expressing opinions or sentiments intended to demonstrate one's good character or the moral correctness of one's position. Isn't on a the opposite issue. portraying like a fucking shitty, shitty thoughts? Shitty thoughts. I don't get it. The weird guy. Yeah, but but if you disagree, it doesn't make you a bad person either. Um, so let me let me explain well, this again, guys. We have a ton guys. of phone calls. You I, write, yeah. I'm just introducing what we're talking about here. Uh, Elsa, Elsa from Frozen, the main character. Uh, they're, they're toying with the idea. He's open to the idea of maybe making her uh, have a love, a female love interest in the second one. He's open to the idea and is causing some headlines. Is this too progressive? Is this necessary? Jason in Tampa, you're on. Hey, what's up, fellas? Hey, man. Hey, so um, so I got I actually uh, while on hold, I developed a couple of a few different uh, points and perspectives. Uh, one thing is Rich kind of sort of hit the uh, the nail on the head. Uh, a minute ago, when he was talking about um, uh, society and, and you know society is actually moving forward, it's progressing, things are changing, and the question is, um, and there's nothing, there's nothing that any of us can do about it. Um, you know, there are more interracial couples, there are more um, gay, lesbian couples. I mean, that stuff is, is happening and it's coming out in the forefront, and there's no way, there's no way to combat that except for to just isolate this stuff. So the question is, either you're going to accept the fact that yo, this is actually happening. And move forward and you know get ahead of the curve or you're not and the other thing is a lot of kids kids are a, a lot more um, um, uh, introspective and, and they're more aware than we give them credit for they know things and, and, and especially at a younger age so just like with technology um, uh, just like with technology you can give a five-year-old an iPad and they can blah, 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 by the time they're six or seven they're, they've mastered it 
Whereas when you give an older person an iPad, it takes them a lot longer to accept the fact that, yo, this is technology and, and yeah. this, is, this, is, this you, is what's happening. Your daughter uses an iPad probably better than your parents would. And I think she knows who gay boys are. Because she says things that make me, you know, chuckle because she doesn't know how to put it into words. And you know why she doesn't know how to put it into words? Because she's a child, bro. Well, you know, no one's sort of hiding it from mm -hmm. them. But you don't also need to, like, advertise it either, I don't think. I, it's not about hiding it. It's not about, you know, making it normal or okay. It's just, it's just you know, why do you also, like I said, need to spoon feed it to children? I have, I have, a, I have a true question. This guy yeah. in Connecticut that... You know, he, he I love him because he listens every day and he does have a lot of good feedback. But on these type of subjects, he goes, Rich thinks everyone knows a gay person. Don't most people no. know I, a gay person? Again, we live in LA. I, no, 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 dude, no. I was talking to you a know, guy. You know, no, I was talking you know, to a guy. You know, no, no, no. You know, I was talking to a guy this people. weekend. You know, hundreds of hundreds, gay people. Because I grew You're up in New York and yeah, but, in but LA. I'm saying, but I'm saying hundreds of gay I people. I talked to a guy to who say was that from the middle of the country this weekend. He never met a Jewish person in his life. gay friends. Yeah, but this this person saying. Not They've never met a gay person. You've never met a gay person. Are it's you big, fucking joking? A big country, no, no, man. No, 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 no. no, no. no. <laughs> never met a gay person. There's a difference between saying, "Listen, I don't live that big city lifestyle where I uh, hang out with a bunch of gay people." I get that, but to say you've never met a gay person is incorrect. How do you know? Do you live his life? Does he live under do a rock? Do you live in his work boots? Never met a gay person. Hey Jason, what's up? Wrap it up. It's possible. Yeah, yeah so, so, yeah, so, 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 last point, real quick. Um, never, never again. Yeah, so I mean, you know, it, it, that 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 is possible. You know, I mean, there are a lot of people who have never left their city or their state. So I mean, it's, it's absolutely possible. People who live in certain areas haven't experienced certain lives. I mean, you know, you guys kind of your ADD kind of made me uh, forget my last point. It's but right. hey, y'all have a good rest of the week. Thank you, buddy. Jason in Tampa, one of our favorite callers, one of our OGs. Megan, New Mexico. Hello, Megan. You're on the show. Hey, I have a little girl, and first of all, uh, we we work in and around the military, so my view is I don't care who you are. As long as you have my six, we're good to go. Yeah, or how but, about this? As long as you're a good person, right? I think we all believe in that. Yeah, I do. And, and that's how I raise my child. Now, my husband wanted to keep... Um, Emily, very, very, like, you know, sheltered, didn't want to tell her anything and stuff like that. So we moved to California. We have two moms in the karate class. She's cool with it. We moved to Alabama, and we have people telling my daughter, well, gay people are going to hell and blah, 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 blah. And so she comes home and says this, and I'm like, baby, we love everybody. You know, we have her, her gunkles, you know, and... Um, and we want her to accept and love everybody. So I really think it's, um, like you were saying, it's where you live in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you're doing the right thing there. Thank it's, you. It uh, is, you know what? And when you say those things, you know, it's a shame that there's still people out there that think that way. Yeah. So then I could see why you want people to be more accepting to it. But, you know, like I said, I just, I don't know. We have it's, one minute. Can we okay. cram in Frank and Christian? Crammed in like Ralph. Frank in the Bronx. Hey, Frank. Gentlemen, gentlemen, I know you got a quick minute, but listen, an organization can't introduce this already established, uh, you know, person in the show and make her gay all of a sudden just to appease adults. I mean, I think it's ridiculous, and they would never do something like that. But, you know, it is what it is. I have kids that my 13-year-old daughter said, Dad, that guy's kind of girl, kind of like right. a girl. That, you know, he's very effeminate, but you never know. Maybe he, you know, he was born that way. And it totally, with, with what goes on and what the kids can look like, 
I used to have to steal freaking Playboy. These kids could turn on a computer and see vagina. Right, right. Hey, we might have gay kids one day. We're gonna love the shit out of them, but you know, I don't don't know if these are things we should expose them to. You know, this early. That's all. We gotta say goodbye. We'll find. We'll find out. I guess. For all things Covino and Rich, follow us at Covino and Rich on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Covino and Rich, for a look behind the velvet rope of interviews and more, much more on Faction Talk 103.